Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from Chang's Market discussing the 1990 horror comedy Tremors. This film was directed by Ron Underwood and written by Underwood, S.S. Wilson, and Brent Maddock. Born from the simple idea of what it would be like to be stuck on a rock, this film straddles the line between comedy and gateway horror. With committed performances and a lighthearted script, Tremors would spawn an entire franchise of films and shows, as well as cement its place as a cult classic and a favorite in the hearts of many horror fans. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show and Wendigo getters Allison O'Neill and Bobby Holmes. We can't thank them enough for their suggestion and for their overwhelming support and friendship. Thank you, Bobby and Allison. So, what did you guys think of Tremors the first time you saw it? So I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I do know that this was something that we watched a lot as kids. Mm -hmm. Very good movie. It was on TNT. I'm watching it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It came. It used to come on TV all the time. Yeah. Um, but this is, and I, I didn't realize it until now that it is gateway horror. Yeah. This is not very scary at all. No. But there is creatures in it. There is death there you know what i mean it is a comedy horror movie um but it's fantastic and i love <laughs> the shit out of this movie this was actually the first time i ever saw it was getting prepared for this mm -hmm. and i know that films like this typically are not my bag right yes. right not to say that my reputation precedes me <laughs> <laughs> fucking joan jett over here i got but <laughs> But I will say that I was actually surprised that I did enjoy a lot of this. Hmm. And while I do have issues, right, I think that it is surprisingly well crafted mm -hmm. because there's moments in the script that, y yes. like, <laughs> I swear to God, I was watching it. And I was like, "Well, what the fuck are they gonna do now?" And then they're like, "Well, what do we do now?" I'm like, "I All said right. that." <laughs> so I think to be inside your audience's head that well, yeah. that takes some skill as a writer, right, right? Because a lot of people are not. <laughs> that was weird. I was gonna say a lot of people. Well, not people. Writers. <laughs> <laughs> as if you're yeah. not even human. <laughs> But a lot of writers don't think that far ahead. Right. They're like, well, this is the story I'm trying to tell. I don't care what. Right, right, you right. Know. But for them to be like, no, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, well, now that they're on this rock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's next? But uh, I will admit that I would like it to be. I Here's, here's where I am at on it mentally. Mm. I think that had I watched it as a kid like you did, right. it would my complaints of it not being uh scary or funny enough for me right wouldn't exist okay because i would have that nostalgic like love for it oh yeah that i'm like it's not judging this movie based on its merit in 2022 yeah, yeah. yeah. this is fucking trimmers yeah <laughs> that i saw as a child yeah. yeah you know so that does hurt it a bit for me but i think overall it's a lot of fun Nice. And fucking Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kevin Bacon. Um, I'm with you that this was my first time watching it as well was for this. And I didn't expect it to be so lighthearted and fun right. because it is a very, very fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's my biggest. I don't even want to say complaint because it's not the movie's fault. I would love to have watched this when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Because this <laughs> would have been my shit. Like, yeah. I would have yeah. loved this. I really liked it as an adult watching it. It was, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to shout out the script as well. 
because there's a lot of little things that come up later and i'm like this is like good yeah. writing yeah. like surprisingly a tight script i don't know it was i was impressed well that's probably why it's been able to stand the test true of time. Yeah. yeah and i know that this is beloved like oh, i know yeah. that people love this i didn't really know what to expect because you guys are doing your universal monster to be movie right, deal right. and the last time we did this you picked basket case and yeah, this is well. very different <laughs> well than look, basket case. very fair <laughs> well, look belial and graboids are very different all right very different. <laughs> very different i'd rather come up against a graboid all right yeah, yeah me too fairness, but yeah. <laughs> well he had fucking mind control powers yeah, we, <laughs> that they never really established yeah <laughs> But I did have a surprisingly good time. And I, this is good. another one of those films that I we've talked about it several times at this point. If you don't have a full commitment from your cast, oh, yeah. it's just not going to work. No. And I feel like <laughs> everyone gave their all oh, yeah. to this. And that makes the difference. Mm hmm. I think that's kind of what makes it so difficult, uh, not for me, but I think for audiences when it came out in 1990. Right. I was reading about stuff from the production where they said that when they tried to sell this movie originally, mm -hmm. they just had the idea of, you know, what if this happened? Right, right. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and the studios were like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and so nobody was game. Right. And so they had told the writers, they're like, well, write the whole screenplay. Right. Then they can see exactly what you're talking yeah, about yeah. instead of being like well it's funny yeah. but <laughs> people die right. you know and so they wrote the script and then they gave it to you guys know the name gail ann hurd mm -hmm. probably from the walking dead right but she also produced terminator mm. oh wow i think aliens all right mostly just james cameron yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave it to her and then within a day they sold it Nice. She understood what they were going yeah, for yeah. when the other people were just totally confused. <laughs> Worms? <or> yeah, right. <laughs> what? Right, so they're maggots. Or, or, yeah, like, what? I have no idea what's they're happening. They're big? I, yeah, I can't yeah. follow this. Wait, but what are those? <laughs> <laughs> but they said that uh, the issue as well came with Universal whenever they're trying to market the film. Yeah. Because like, do we market it as a comedy or a horror film? What yeah, do we yeah. do? And so it kind of, I don't want to say bombed at the box office, right? but when your budget's $10 million and I think you make sixteen mm -hmm. and right. you're universal, oh, yeah. it's not really what you're looking for. Yeah. But it's the 90s, the VHS, you guys remember VHS? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like and I don't that, mean like the film. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those movies. Yeah, but it explodes because everybody's renting it, re-renting it. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like a little success story, you know, the little... Oh, I don't want to say indie because it was universal. Yeah. <laughs> right. The little film, misunderstood film that yeah. could. I did read that Kevin Bacon's star power was a big reason that they were able to make it. Right. And the only reason that he took, the only reason he signed on to do this is because Kira Sedgwick was pregnant with their first child. And he said he fell to his knees and was like, I can't believe I'm doing a movie about fucking underground worms. <laughs> I, saw, I saw this interview with him and he said, look, I was out. I was out of footloose money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's be clear. Let's, uh, let's fuck with these worms. But, yeah, well. but the fact that clearly he wasn't like super psyched to be doing this. Well, I feel like that doesn't come through at all. Like no. he really fucking, he goes for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure like you said, the way they were trying to pitch it, he was probably Probably part of that. I don't know what the fuck's going on. How much you yeah, pay me? Like, well, yeah, well, just give me a price. Yeah, that's like, all. Fuck. That's all I need. I got a baby coming. Like, well. 
they had said that he, I guess, had those feelings going in. But then when he got the script, he was like, well, I guess I could just have as much fun with it as I can. Yeah. And you can tell he and, does. Oh, yeah. yeah. They said, I read an interview in Esquire. He said, this is the only movie that he's ever made that he's watched. Really? Yeah. That he's wow. rewatched after it was released. You got to watch Star yeah. of Echoes, man. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we grab this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's climb. So the film opens with a title screen, and we zoom in on the letters until we're on a cliff in the desert. Already this opening, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be a ride. You were already in? Yes. I did want to talk about the title very quickly because Trimmers, Trimmers is a great title, first right. of all. It is. Uh, I watched this. I actually watched a couple documentaries, but I saw on one of them that it was originally titled land sharks no <laughs> which <laughs> trimmers is better yeah i just think of fry we call them land sea yeah. lions yeah. <laughs> I <take> them. <laughs> but i did see a clapboard that they have like because they, they have a trimmers festival uh-huh. where this oh, was filmed wow and uh on the clapboard the title was dead silence <laughs> really yeah <laughs> he's like i love this movie. yeah <laughs> and i feel like i'm the only one yeah <laughs> But pissing off of the edge of the cliff is Valentine McKee, played by Kevin Bacon. First of all, his name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There is such a comfort for me in camp and cheese at mm-hmm. a certain level that when, because I'm making the script, they don't say his name yet in the film, so I have to look up who he plays. I'm like, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, it's Mr. Dance to Save the World himself. Yeah. Fucking Kevin Bacon. And I will say that they're making him into an everyman character. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate, well, I appreciate it partially, but then they go very far because not only is he pissing off a cliff, but he gives himself some real deep asshole scratches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah my next thing is scratching his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over to the bed of his truck where Earl Bassett, played by Fred Ward, is wrapped up in sleeping deeply. He tries to wake him gently, but when that doesn't work, he looks over at some cows and gets an idea. With a smile, Valentine bounces the bed of the truck, yelling that there's a stampede, and Earl falls from the truck and onto the ground with a rude awakening. What a dick, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For no reason. He's just sleeping. Yeah. It's like when... like. You see online when they draw like dicks on their friends' yeah. faces. Like, let him sleep. <laughs> <What>? yeah. <laughs> like, are tired. we actually friends or not? Was- <laughs> and I did laugh at the little cut where you could see the stuntman switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude did not take that fall. <laughs> After some back and forth about Earl actually having been in a stampede and Valentine asking what actually constitutes a stampede, the two men smoke cigarettes. Earl asks where the breakfast is, and Valentine reminds him that he made them bologna and beans yesterday, but Ed counters. He made them eggs. So they settle the dispute over rock, paper, scissors, and Valentine loses. I feel like we're already getting their relationship immediately in this very first scene. I appreciate their chemistry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do almost want to say that it would have been better if they were just brothers. Because they have that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. 
or I, maybe even a mention of oh since we were kids you've done this shit or yeah, something yeah. but you would have complained i would have complained <laughs> <laughs> well, okay who Probably are you saying not. that for? <laughs> yeah. you know you've been friends <laughs> okay you're right <laughs> i didn't ever i didn't ever think about it like that because i was like what small town yeah you know what i mean he worked for him maybe he's just kind of like a mentor kind of like his a boss, but you know what I mean? He's yeah. Well, because he, he does, Earl says several times that he's older or yeah, Valentine yeah. makes fun of him for being right. older or whatever, but they're, I like their relationship. Right. But it would have worked too if yeah. they were just related, but didn't give the whole, you always picked on me. Like, yeah. No. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but then in the older stuff could have worked too, because it's like, you're the older brother. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that everything that they do in this film, like we'll get to it, but they have like ambitions and stuff that they want to do. They're like a package deal. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> everything. Like, yeah. I'm leaving. It's like, no, we're yeah. leaving. <laughs> <laughs> But as they mend fences, and I do mean that literally Mm -hmm. later, Earl says that if they really wanted to make money, they would stop working as hired hands. I think it's here that Valentine keeps hitting the thing, but he's not hitting the nail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In that featurette, Kevin Bacon said, he goes, I know how to use a hammer, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, but (laughs) Because you see Earl look at it like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But Valentine insists that they're not hired hands, they're handymen. And he appreciates the personal freedom that the job affords them, but Earl does not seem convinced. Later, Valentine drives them away in their truck. I do not get a clear answer on whose truck this is because they both drive it. No, I think it's their truck. Yeah. Yeah. Make them a couple or make them brothers. Yeah. I mean, just leave it alone. (laughs) Then the truck problem solved. Yes. Right. But Earl reminds Valentine that it's garbage day and he's not happy about this. But Earl says the job pays $50 and that's 47 more than they already have. It's like, damn, times is hard. (laughs) Valentine wants to do another job instead, but Earl chastises him. They have to do it today. Valentine never thinks ahead, but Earl is already thinking about Wednesday on Monday. But then he does have to double check the fact that it is money yeah. <laughs> so we, we're all working yes. right. <laughs> trying to figure shit everyone's out everyone's doing their best <laughs> valentine sees someone up ahead and remembers that the new person is supposed to be a girl he immediately picks up speed and pulls off the road fantasizing she'll have long blonde hair big green eyes and we'll just say a great body right <laughs> calm down hollow man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all of it please not all yeah. of it dylan don't turn it off <laughs> He pulls up and slams on the brakes, but when the smoke clears, it's a woman with curly brown hair, comfortable clothes, and sunscreen smeared thick on her nose. So I have to point this out because when I learned that his name was Valentine, yeah. and he's having this whole conversation about his ideal woman or whatever, right. yeah. I'm like, okay, so the love arc is going to belong to him. Yes. Right. But there are several times throughout this yes. film that I think Earl is going to have the love arc. Right. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it's like they play, they toyed with it and then they're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the same thing. Right? Yeah. And because it almost becomes at a point that you're like, well, maybe Valentine is kind of the sidekick. Right. Yes. But then you're like, no. no. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what to... I, I well, don't know. if you're uh, really want to see Earl being romantic... Or like a have a love story. Oh, I like, what okay. do you mean by that? And I don't want to spoil it, but uh, the second one is probably what you want to watch. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. I, since you're talking about the second one, I've heard that 
everything goes severely downhill after this first the, one. The second one isn't too bad, but yeah, as the films go on, <laughs> but they, after that. yeah, they get a little, they get a sillier as they go. I think I read there's like six or seven. Right. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> but anyway, the woman introduces herself, Rhonda LeBeck, played by Finn Carter, and she's here for the semester from the seismology department. That means earthquakes. Oh, yeah. good. After telling them she already knows all about them, she asks if anyone around here has done any drilling or blasting. Valentine laughs, but they tell her no. I feel like sad bringing this up, but I looked up because I was like, where have I seen her or have I seen her right. in anything? And I looked and I saw that she, I think, used to be married to Steven Weber, which is kind of interesting. What? But the only thing I could find in her recently was I think she's not only retired from acting, but in 2019, I think she got arrested for 14 charges of credit card fraud. What the fuck? Yeah. And I couldn't find anything about a court date or anything, but I was like, that's really sad. That is sad. You're in tremors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, innocent until proven guilty. But right. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Please don't sue us, Mrs. Carter. <laughs> But Rhonda says that she's here to measure seismographs, reading the vibrations in the ground, and there have been some very strange readings lately. The equipment has been here for three years, and it's never produced anything like this. Earl says that he'll ask around and see if anyone knows anything, and Rhonda says that she just hopes the equipment isn't broken, and the two handymen go on their way. After they leave, though, it seems like Rhonda sheepishly remembers that she's got sunscreen on her nose. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask why that's a thing? Just the nose? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think it's to keep the sun from reflecting oh, on your sweat smart. or your, you oh. know what I mean? When your face gets, that's why the football players have it so that there is no reflection under. Why doesn't she just do that? I, I don't know. She's not, she's not football playing football. Player. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not, they don't own that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just sunblock. I don't know. Oh. But I figured that's what it was for. It would be another felony yeah. for her. No, no. Just, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, please don't. I always, for some reason, I always assumed it was because the nose stuck out. And I was like, well, wait, right. is that what frostbite is? <laughs> and I was like, they're in the desert. <laughs> and then I realized that for 10 minutes, I hadn't taken any notes. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, let me rewind. I need to rewind that real quick. That's funny, though. I didn't. I I, I know. I noticed the stuff. Always noticed it on her nose. But I, I just was like, eh. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> just a protector from the sun or something. And it gives a moment of comedy. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in the truck, Earl says that they can check out the seismographs themselves because it would be a good way to get to know Rhonda. I understand what he's saying. Yeah. But looking at these seismographs and knowing fucking nothing about yeah. them, it's not going to impress like, her. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. You're like, out of what? ink, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Valentine asks why he would want to do that, and Earl gets annoyed. Valentine is never interested in anyone that doesn't perfectly fit his stupid list, and Earl is sick of it. They all have to be just like Tammy Lynn Baxter, who Valentine has multiple clippings of under his visor. He was ready. Yeah. Like he pulled that visor down quick. <laughs> well, because he, yeah. he gets her name wrong, and he's like, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's... You get my wife's yeah, name right. coming to my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I, but then again, that's why I was like, okay, well, then he's already stuck on her. Right. right. So Earl's the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see all right <laughs> but earl says that all these women that valentine chase aren't worth anything and it just makes his skin crawl 
But bluegrass music plays as they pull into the town of perfection. I feel like this is such a perfect name for yeah. this place. <laughs> and I think I was reading it as a, a population of like 14. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think we meet every one of yes, them. Yeah, every single person. <laughs> First of all, the name Perfection, I was like, well, the town's a big fan of sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I did read that this is, the film is set in Nevada. Right. But this was filmed in California. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like close enough. Yeah. yeah. That border or whatever it is. But Perfection is 100% manufactured. All right. They built this here. Wow. And it. I don't know why, maybe because some of the roads are paved, but it feels like a, a lived-in town. No, it yeah. It does. Even though it's like small as fuck. It, yeah. it has character, though. I, I think they said that they built it in two months. Damn. Which, honestly, I mean... But it does look like one of those tiny-ass little exactly. towns that, that you, you drive through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, look, let's get gas. Oh, we might get killed. Just keep going. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> you know? we'll stop yeah. in the we might get killed. We're fine. Uh, I don't know if it being set in nevada because i know we'll get into what happens to these people <laughs> right yeah. shortly but they didn't they used to do like nuclear testing in nevada mm. right and that's where my ideas were kind of coming in uh-huh. but i love also the ambiguity of this film yeah, yeah because if you're here hoping for an explanation mm. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Doesn't happen. laughs> no 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 just enjoy what you see and <laughs> keep moving don't ask too many <laughs> questions <laughs> But they park at Chang's Market and go past Melvin, played by Bobby Jacoby, and warn him to stay away from their truck. He's like the resident punk teenager. Mm -hmm. They go into the market where Bert and Heather Gummer, played by Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre, talk with the owner, Walter Chang, played by Professor Birak himself, Victor Wong. I was very appalled to see the entire cast that's inside the <laughs> store. It surprised the hell out of me. I will say, first of all, uh, Melvin, I hate you already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Melvin. Uh, Victor Wong, very happy to see you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I need it explained to me. I have no connection to her whatsoever. Never listened to her music. Never anything. Mm-hmm. Reba McIntyre is one of the most magnetic human beings. Yes, she yeah. is. I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's I. D- I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I will say though that as soon as I saw her, I was like, "This is going to be some over the top. People are going to be scared, and she's going to sing to them to calm them down. Like this is going to be ridiculous." She does so fucking good in this movie. Yeah, and I read that it's her first film. Yes. This. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. And they had said that they honestly, in the casting process, they were looking at all these people and then Universal said, hey, Reba McIntyre wants to get into films. And they were like, fuck. I would too. <laughs> you know, yeah. they were terrified yeah. because they're like, this is because it was dude's debut feature. The yeah. director. Yes. Dudes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people think they can do both, but they can't do exactly. both. Exactly. Right. And we've learned plenty of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they said that they had one meeting with her and they were like, that's her. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. She does great. No, like, yeah. I feel like she plays her part perfectly. And then Michael Gross had just come off of Family Ties. Yeah. I think that they had filmed the last episode within days of beginning really? this or something like that. Yeah. Holy shit. So this is a bit of a departure for him. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like everyone does a really great oh, job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that hangs on and like, he, all of yeah, them? yeah i think oh, he yeah. takes like the lead role from what he, I, i've never seen he anything does. Yeah. beyond yeah. this but from what i understand yeah 
So he it's, had a good it's, time. It's the yeah. Burt Show. Yeah. I, I think the Netflix movie is him, is about him. <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Walter gets Earl and Valentine a beer as they tell them that they just met Rhonda. Bert doesn't like that she's here, saying that the next step will be the feds coming around and then he and Heather are going to have to move. I did hear Valentine got her name wrong the first time. And he goes, we met that lady, Rona. And I was yeah. like, please don't. No, don't yeah. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> get that, get that. <laughs> but they all make fun of Bert for being paranoid until the Pepsi machine starts shaking and squeaking. Pepsi's pretty delicious, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah are we trying to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone who will listen? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll just yeah. take any. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Coca-Cola, if you want. Sure. Right. <laughs> that, Coke's even better. Whoever wants to sponsor us. <laughs> But <laughs> Walter asked them to take a look at the Pepsi machine because it is freaking out. Mm. And Valentine starts over there, but Earl stops him. They have a schedule to keep. It's garbage day. We've right. already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Not garbage day. Yeah. It's garbage day. I can't hear garbage day. No. Without- <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> but Valentine makes sure to tell them all that they plan ahead. And he's like, that means that we don't have to do anything right now. And it's like, I don't think yeah. that's, no, <laughs> that's, that's not, not what, what he said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So I do appreciate this scene, not only as like the introduction to all these characters, yeah, but seeing that with the exception of that asshole, Melvin, mm. <laughs> they all get along. We yeah. don't like Melvin. No, fuck Melvin. And I thought it was really subtle that uh, Bert and Heather are buying a bunch of shit. Like yes. they're stockpiling right. shit. <laughs> yeah. And then once I think their first conversation is about bullets and ammunition. Yeah. And <laughs> it made me laugh because Cheng was like, dude, I thought bullets were bullets. Yeah. But we cut to outside where the ground visibly shakes as Rhonda buries a piece of equipment. Now, I just I want to ask if anybody knows. I know this is probably outdated equipment they're using here. But if this is real equipment, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that just looks like a fucking tin she's putting in the ground and burying. You know it, what I mean? I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it does more than that. But I always found things like that interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, I, I would like to know, you know. I um like they weren't just making shit up like they right. this technology was looked, available yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean you could have just used something that looked like it uh not just made something up so I didn't know if they actually used real tools for it or if they just kind of fuck it this looks like it could work the thing for me is that I know so little about it that I'm like, yes, that's exactly. Yeah. I'll, be- I'll believe anything you show me. Yeah, because I did too. I'm like, oh, well, that looks, you know, looks real to me. Yeah, <laughs> it fooled me. But we're in the point of view of something low to the ground and fast moving as Rhonda gathers her things up and starts toward her truck. The ground swells as something moves underneath it, barely missing her foot as she gets in and drives away. So I do like the use of the, I guess, Evil Dead camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sparing, but I feel like it's effective right. when you yeah. use it. And honestly, there's a lot of fun camera work in this film yeah. where they like put you in the POV of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did think that this was going to, because it's so early. Right, right. I thought it was going to be some kind of desert rodent or something. Yeah. And she's like, ah, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. And it was a fake out. I, right, right. No. no. <laughs> I did read that they didn't want any mention of creatures until way later. I'll, right. I'll point out where. But they wanted to use the graboids in the marketing mm. oh, so they okay. were like it need they need to be present earlier like it's not gonna it, it's not gonna be a surprise anymore because we're telling them on the fucking posters yeah. and then yeah so 
I will say that as it almost reaches her, it does make a screeching noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't. She's just like, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> desert's wild, man. <laughs> but at the job site, Valentine and Earl finish clearing trash. They sit down and treat themselves to a beer. And Valentine admits that no one handles trash like them, but quickly follows it up with the need for them to aim their sights higher because this is low. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I don't think a toilet could ever be clean enough for me to use it as a cooler. Yeah, I've seen like things where people are using weird shit for coolers or uh-huh. for grills or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think no. an abandoned toilet is one that I don't want to put my drinks in. <laughs> yeah. I think, or cook my food yeah. off of. Unless they just bought it from like Lowe's yeah. or something, but I don't see a Lowe's in perfection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but later, back at Chang's, they're, okay, I, my ignorance to a lot of things is going to show in this episode. Right. They're doing something with the septic tank. Well, they're they're uh, they're pumping it out. Because they're pumping it's a-, a septic tank. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but they tell Melvin to help them, and he refuses, only asking for them to go buy him beer. They say no, and then start to bicker amongst themselves. Earl blames Valentine for them having to take this job because they don't have a plan. Valentine blames Earl for dragging his feet. Earl tells him that he's close to leaving perfection. Valentine stands up to him just as the cesspool rumbles and shit sprays all over both of them. That's gross. It's very gross. Yes. And I feel bad because, of course, you know, obviously that little shit Melvin's yeah. there. And he <laughs> gets a laugh. Yeah. Like I hate the skin. <laughs> no, you he's a he, pain in the ass. He said he yeah. gets to laugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't I like hate <laughs> that this brought Melvin joy. Yeah, that's the worst part about this film. <laughs> but I, I, I told myself, I was like, look, this is late 80s, early 90s. If we're bringing a septic tank into the situation, they're eventually going to get real <laughs> fudgy. Gonna, oh, yeah. Someone's going to shit fast. But I will say that you can almost count it as foreshadowing because a tube-like thing brought a lot of shit to them. Yeah. Okay. And that might come into play later. Yeah. Sure. Maybe, maybe not. But we cut to them outside their house. They're wearing button downs and packing everything into the bed of their truck. Just as they start to hit the road, they're stopped by Nancy, played by Charlotte Stewart, who can't believe that they're actually leaving. It was a very abrupt cut from the septic yeah. thing. <laughs> They're like, we're getting the fuck exa- out yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be the line for me, too. I would have oh, accepted yeah. that. Yeah. Nancy's daughter, Mindy, played by Ariana Richards, who would do Jurassic Park yeah. in just a few years. <laughs> Shit. She looks exactly the same. Yeah, I was like, that's face. the little yeah. girl from Jurassic Park. <laughs> but she hops over on a pogo stick and reports that she's bounced 640 times when Earl asks. Nancy tells them that she has a big order and she needed them to build her pottery kiln. It's at least a month's work and she'll feed them lunches and beer. But we cut to them racing down the road, celebrating that they actually said no to free beer. They beat temptation and now nothing is standing in the way of them moving to Bixby. Was that like a biblical moment for them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we beat temptation. That lady was the devil. <laughs> but, but beer, not the pay or the food. No, no, the beer. The, just the beer. beer. Yeah. She told him it was a month's work. Yeah. But no, the beer. That was the job. I don't know what a kiln is, but uh, to, it's a pottery. Yeah. yeah. I just love the word because it <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense. But they see someone working on a power line and pull over when Valentine realizes that it's someone they know. They get out of the truck and Earl mentions that he must be drunk, the guy up on the power line. But when Valentine calls out to him, he doesn't move an inch. They surmise that they can't just leave him here. So Valentine climbs up after him, muttering the whole way. 
when he reaches him, he sees that Edgar Meeks, played by Sunshine Parker, is dead. He's holding on to a shotgun. This is when it's like, uh, that's strange. Yeah. Maybe this has something to do with that desert rodent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we cut to Dr. Jim, played by Conrad Bachman, examining Edgar's body in the back of their truck. I'm like, man, this really is a fucking small town. <laughs> like, is there no hospital? There's no... He's just like, yep, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about any evidence or anything? They're just like, yeah, no, throw him in the back of the truck. No, that's yeah. fine. Valentine asks if Edgar had a heart attack, but Dr. Jim tells him he died of dehydration. How he figured this out so quick within the back of a truck i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but when they realized that it could take three or four days to die of dehydration earl asked if edgar really stayed up there that whole time dying of thirst and he and valentine just look at each other in the next scene old fred played by michael dan wagner is tending to his farm his sheep start to behave strangely and he tries to ignore it at first but when he looks around everything starts to shake Old Fred screams and is like pulled down. Yeah, those sheep knew. The oh, sheep, yeah. the sheep lose they their shit. Knew. Yeah, they're not. They're not about that life. Well, they're like, who the fuck's gonna feed us? Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I will say though, it it did make me laugh, especially with what you're saying about how they didn't want the creatures yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah, but this is back to back. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, no, twice. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've got whatever happens with Rhonda in the desert and then yeah. whatever's happening with Edgar, which you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, what drove him up there? Right. And then within five seconds, you're like, Oh, it's something. But at the research site, the seismograph starts moving and recording information. What this means, I do not know, but it draws Rhonda's attention who goes to investigate it. I think the test was determining that was a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the Graboid is not the father. No, <laughs> That's the only time I've seen. <laughs> But back on the road, Earl drives them past road workers, Howard and Carmine, played by John Goodwin and John Papas. He asks Valentine if he thinks Edgar could have hated perfection more than they do and wanted to kill himself. But Valentine is sure that someone chased Edgar up that pole. But when Earl points out the fact that Edgar had his gun on him, Valentine has nothing to say. So that is one thing I do appreciate about the writing. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that Earl and Valentine aren't like dorks they're not doofuses yeah they're not stupid they're yeah. very analytical yeah, right they're like that doesn't make any sense no and because i think that a lesser writer would make these guys very stereotypical yeah. yes and they'd be like well let's go to bigsby or whatever the town was called yeah it is yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of uh stereotypical moments that i was expecting in this film mm. that i did not get yeah john paul and i were talking about it the other day the fact that victor wong is the owner of the market in 1990 and all of the rest of the cast is white i was expecting something from melvin some kind of racial bullshit nothing and the quote redneck unquote exactly. stereotype yeah the fucking doomsday preppers yes where you're like i can guess their ideology yes yeah. <laughs> you know and so it's like yeah they did there was a lot of uh like stereotypical possibilities yeah i was gonna say landmines that they could have stepped on but i really appreciate the fact that these are intelligent men mm-hmm. they're hard-working dudes this is a town of decent people i mean i was just i was a little impressed yeah well good good job <laughs> <laughs> but anyway earl notices the farm with the sheep and pulls over nothing remains in the sheep pen but bloody scraps I'm not sure how much I believe in omens. Yeah. But if I'm Earl and Valentine, the day we decide to leave town, yeah. yeah. 
that's some that, yeah i would definitely be feeling some type of way but they call after old fred and when they don't get an answer they invite themselves into his farmhouse they look inside and around and find no trace of old fred except for his hat lying in the sand valentine picks up the hat to reveal old fred's face frozen in eternal scream looking lifelessly up at them from the sand valentine and earl scream and back away asking just what the hell is going on poor guy man he's trying to work on the he's garden yeah. he's fucking just hanging out with the sheep and then <laughs> snatched why well, i can't say snatched up because it's yeah, snatched not, down. yeah. <laughs> living his best little bo peep life uh, yes. <laughs> i will say that this is the moment that i appreciated them embracing the camp yes because fucking kevin bacon with his the hell's going <laughs> yeah. on like it is i'm like he's having a blast oh yeah Again, if he would have phoned it in this whole thing would have fallen apart absolutely but the truck immediately comes back the way it came and they stop to warn the road workers. Earl yells at them to get out of here because there's a psycho on the loose cutting people's heads off. He immediately drives away and they dismiss him as playing a joke on them. That's not funny. No, no. no. <laughs> I don't know. I would not take that as a joke. Not at all. There's some like edgy. They, yeah, the, no shit. <laughs> the bed of their truck is filled with shit. Like yeah. they're clearly leaving and now they're coming back. I think my thing is also the small town aspect of it. Yeah. Shouldn't you know these guys not to... Right. Oh, Earl, always saying... Yeah, no, he's yeah, yeah, dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Carmine gets right back to using his jackhammer on the road as Howard looks around for another tool. Suddenly, the jackhammer breaks through the road like normal, but this time something screeches and blood bubbles up. <laughs> It's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, no. Just trying to live your life. Yeah. <laughs> Something underneath the road takes off, dragging the jackhammer with it. As the jackhammer goes, the cord is wrapped around Carmine's leg and he's pulled away too. Now that I'm saying this, like they use the same bit later on in the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a method. It's... It worked. It yeah. Worked. But he screams to Howard and Howard tries to help him. But Carmine is pulled up a cliff when Howard tries to follow rocks cascade down on him. In the next scene, Miguel, played by Tony Gennaro, complains to Walter in the store. He tells Walter that he's not accusing anyone, but he has missing cattle. Just then, Valentine and Earl bust in with Melvin and Nestor, played by Richard Marcus, following them. They're all frantic, saying that someone killed old Fred. Valentine tries to use Walter's phone, but when he finds it to be dead, they leave again. Outside, Valentine and Earl get back in their truck as Nestor instructs them to go to Bixby and get the police and step on it. I will say tensions are high. Right. They are. I think Earl just stole a candy bar. Oh, he did. No, yeah. <laughs> like he's like, they, you he's guys, we really got it. And he's just I reaching. Was, <laughs> I was watching and I was like, this motherfucker's just eating shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got to go get help. He needs fuel <laughs> I guess. to get them there. This is still his store. I mean, yeah. he got to make a Trying profit. Trying to make a yeah. living. What I did appreciate, because it's annoying that the construction workers are like, no, they're just playing a joke. Yeah, yeah. As soon as they hit town, people are like, go fucking get help. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they believe them, because that always annoys me in horror films. I, I thought it was funny, too. They're just driving around still with all their shit in the back of that truck. Yeah. yeah. They're, it's like, dude, well, they're not going to stop talking about it. I know, I know. But I mean, all your belongings uh-huh. are just fucking there. It's like, we're try- we've yeah. been trying to leave for but we cut to the truck finally leaving perfection valentine laments to earl that they decided to leave town for good just one day too late 
Earl says that no one can stop them now, though, because everyone they know between perfection and Bixby is already dead. Never talk like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing can stop us no. now. <laughs> they come to the point in the road where the construction men were working, and now a pile of rocks blocks the road. Earl calls out to Valentine to stop and asks if there's some higher force at work here, which is what I would be thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we're not. Yeah. Th- th- this town does not want us to leave. <laughs> They get out of the truck to look for Carmine and Howard, calling out to them angrily as their mess is blocking the only road out of town. The search comes to an abrupt halt when they find a hard hat with bloody chunks inside of it. Dude, I'm just like, have they even had breakfast yet? (laughs) How many fucking corpses are we going to (laughs) find? This is just cruel at this point. Well, he did have that candy bar. (laughs) So... (laughs) They get back inside the truck and Valentine backs up into the cliff. He tries to start the truck, but when it stalls, Earl tells him that the back of the truck is hung up. Valentine dismisses this, finally starts the truck, and guns it until they're free. They, of course, bicker as they drive away. Yeah, he tells them, he's like, man, you're going to break an axle, dude. We're going to be stuck out here. Mm. I don't want to be stuck out there. No. 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 It's like, maybe calm Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want to get out of here too, but we, <laughs> on, we need the truck. You know, I will say, because you just said that they didn't want to do any, any creature business. Right. I, I brought that up like three times. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that is very that interesting. Is very interesting. <laughs> it, it's intriguing to me because it's kind of like what could have been because they told him, they said somebody's cutting people's heads off. Yeah. Dude, they oh. think it's like a fucking serial killer. Well, I, yeah. I um forgot. I was like, I'll tell you the moment, and then I just fucking didn't yeah, tell you the yeah. moment. <laughs> it's when uh they the construction workers get attacked. Okay. That was gonna be the first anything like with Rhonda. None of that was gonna happen. Oh wow! Of the point of view of the yeah, I shouldn't be calling them graboids yet, but that's what they yeah. are. Um, I didn't realize you called them that twice. I have, yeah. <laughs> the creatures, the yeah. underground creatures. Um. None of that was going to be in it. When the construction workers get attacked, that was going to be the first. So, I mean, maybe if they didn't use it in the marketing and we hadn't seen it yet, we would have thought it was a a serial killer, too, or something like that, instead of, you know, what it is. But back at the market, everyone is waiting for Valentine and Earl to come back with help. When little Mindy says that they're back already, they all come to the consensus that it's too soon and they head outside. They realize that there is something strange stuck on the bottom of the truck. They debate whether it could be a snake, an eel, or a giant slug, and Bert gets in very close to inspect it. I mm. might say too close. Well, it was dead. Uh, they, you don't know. They well, could be pretty dead. <laughs> Even if it's a snake, it's still full of venom. Yeah, no, you're right. He was fearless. I'm not. I'm not about that. Life. Well, he's like a fucking survival nut. I'm sure he was like, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. okay. That's true. Yeah. He's like, oh, these aren't poisonous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I know snakes. Yes. <laughs> But Bert grabs the shovel and tries to get it loose, telling everyone not to worry because it's dead. In the view underneath the truck, it looks like a creature has clamped on with its mouth. I had two simultaneous thoughts. Right. First was, God damn, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was jumping down. Yeah. <laughs> but the second thought was, and we'll talk later, obviously, but in my limited knowledge of trimmers, my second thought was, I thought the creatures were bigger. Right. Yes. So I was like, these fucking little. Yeah, it threw me off. Well, because I I feel like if this is all you see, you could probably be like, oh, maybe it's just like an evolved snake or something. Some kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's a lot of them, maybe that's why it's scary. And that's where I thought the horror was coming from. Right. Well, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bert knocks it loose, thin slime connecting it to the truck for a moment, but he pulls it out onto the road. Bert tells him that if this is what hung up their truck, it must be strong. Heather joins her husband on the ground next to it and remarks that it stinks. And we get a lot of people saying how bad these things yeah. smell. <laughs> I don't know why they have to keep telling us that. They're like, God, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Take a shower, snake. <laughs> or whatever. Walter offers Valentine and Earl $5 for the creature, and they haggle, finally landing on 15 Bert holds it up, musing that it could be a mutated snake, but whatever it is, it didn't kill old Fred and all of his sheep by itself. Valentine asks if he thinks that there could be more out there, and everyone is stricken silent. When he offered him five bucks, I was like, is he going to put it on display? Yeah. <laughs> like, what he does with it, dude, I was laughing, yeah. but we'll get there. We cut to Dr. Jim and his wife, Megan, played by B.B. Besh, calling it a night at their campsite. And it looks like they're building a home here, right. I guess. Mm-hmm. They're traveling to Bixby in the morning to pick up cinder blocks for whatever they're building. I think they're pulling a John Marston. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it sad that that's my uh, connection to building, to building a home? A home. <laughs> <laughs> One I with love pink that item. little montage. <laughs> <laughs> But just as they sit down together, the generator goes out and their camper goes dark. Jim gets his flashlight and goes to get it started again, but the generator's gone. Megan joins him in disbelief, but Jim points out that the cord is still there. He begins to pull on it, saying that the ground must have just caved in. He says it very casually, but that's like a horrifying thought. Yeah, (laughs) no, we're going to town. (laughs) Oh, the ground just caved in. I appreciate it again, though, because he's like, you know, there's a lot of mines out here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we kind of have a reason. Right. But also, why are you building your home where? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should go down that way. Now we will have sinkholes. Yeah. This spooks Megan, him mentioning that there are lots of mines around here, and she tries to help him pull the generator up, but when they get to the end of the cord, there's nothing there. Suddenly, something comes shooting out of the sand and lands back on the ground hard. It's the generator. Jim asks what that stench is (laughs) and goes to investigate, proposing that it could be something geological like natural gas or a geyser based on the way that it smells. That's a lot, though. Do geysers stink? I didn't. Think uh, I've never so. seen one yeah, in real I don't life. Know. I know that I've I've seen that the one in Yellowstone that if you fall in there, you're dead. Oh, well, so shit. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of shit going on. Old in there. Stankful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. No, <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> I think my thing was. <laughs> They, he again he's a doctor so he's a right. man of science right he's like excuses you know we can come yeah, up with yeah. but I think the shooting of the generator out no matter what that's a lot that, yeah. that's if the ground can, the ground's not gonna do that no. <laughs> unless he thinks that it shot up because the geyser pushed it up yeah I, but still, even then but yeah, yeah even then that still means that and the site like we're trying to build our house yeah. on is not good no yeah. we've made a huge mistake yeah <laughs> <laughs> Megan is having none of it, which I go Megan. Mm -hmm. She pulls her husband by the arm, saying that they need to get back to town now. But Jim continues to talk and drag his feet until he yells out that something's got him. It's like, of course. (laughs) 
He begins to sink into the dirt as Megan tries to pull him back up. Jim screams and fights, and Megan does what she can, but Jim is finally pulled under. She does what she can. She's scared. Yeah. No, she's like, here, hold on to this <laughs> two by four yeah. while your legs get munched. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? That's she's, not snowflake. No. Yeah, she's no. like, I fucking told you to get back to the car. Like, True. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but, you know, right now is not about being right. Yeah. <laughs> She digs helplessly in the sand where Jim was sucked in, but gets nothing in return but one of those worm creatures that was underneath the truck. Megan screams and runs for the car. We follow close behind in the point of view of the creature, and when Megan slams the door just in time, it slams against the window. Its friends join in, and they smear their slime against the window and screech. Megan locks all the doors, and after a moment, the creatures stop. She sits in the car trying to collect herself when sand sprays all around the car. Now the car is sinking down, just like Jim did. Megan tries to drive forward, but it's no use. She sees the back of her car being crushed and invaded by sand, and she screams. The car is vertical now, and from a shot in the distance, we see the headlights beaming directly up into the night sky until they go out. I thought it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I So the thing about this scene I saw in that featurette, because I like the way that it ends right. with the just the shot of the car yeah, yeah. from a distance. They had said that there was supposed to be way more, but they just didn't have the time and they couldn't get the shit to work. Uh, Damn. What was supposed to happen, I think, is she kicks out the windshield. She tries to get out that way and you see the car get fully taken into the ground. Oh, that shit. would be I would have liked to see that more because after a certain point she's like, well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess that's it. I guess that's what happens to me. And then the car is just beaming into the night. Yeah. And dead. But they said, I think the ground, whatever they were using to make it sink, right. just went solid. Oh, oh shit. And they're that's... like, that's enough car, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm full. <We're> full. <laughs> it still looks good. Yeah, I agree. That would suck on so many levels. Oh, God. Suck? Even, uh, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Fuck, you're just trapped in the car. I can't get out. I'm getting buried. Mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah, that's terrifying to even think about. Well, it's also, I mean... Radio's just playing. It's yeah. Like, right. Reba McIntyre, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to a sign at Chang's that reads, Photos... You and the snake monster, only $3. (laughs) This man is a fucking genius. You get two pictures taken. You've already broken. Well, yeah. You're good. The snake is set up on a chair and Mindy's sitting next to it looking extremely uncomfortable. Walter and Nancy reassure her. And when she chills out a little, Walter snaps a photo. When he sees Melvin fiddling with the cash register, he kicks him out. Melvin, you piece of <laughs> yeah, shit. He's waiting on I, you to say something. I, I hate this kid. I only want harm to come to him. Yeah, he's a little shit. Yeah, no, he is. See, and now I get what you're saying because he's just a fucking asshole. The timing of it. I, I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah, I was waiting on him to say something shitty. And then everyone to beat the shit. Yeah, <laughs> but he de- he's just, um. I don't want to say a palatable amount of a shithead, but he's he was a, trying to yeah. steal money. He's a general nuisance. Yeah. Right, right, right. But I hate him. We... Who does he belong to? His parents, I think. I read somewhere. I was trying to remember something about it's it's say, it's saying. <laughs> I've, I've been watching too much tremors. <laughs> I was reading about his parents, and it said it either said that it was implied or it was stated in a deleted scene that his parents go to Vegas a lot. Mm. Uh, so that's why he's behind. just running. Yeah. That yeah. makes that would make a lot just of just wreaking havoc. 
Yeah, because yeah. he is just wandering around outside with mm-hmm. the basketball. Nobody's watching him. Yeah. yeah, stealing. And, yeah. yeah. Why didn't he steal the candy bar? Now I'm mad at <laughs> <Yeah>. Earl. <laughs> Earl is a bad influence Earl, on Elvin. Earl is going to come back and pay for the candy bar. Earl wouldn't do that. That better be a deleted scene too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we pan over to Valentine and Earl, very annoyed that Walter is cleaning up with his snake picture idea, and they only got a lousy fifteen dollars out of it. Oh, I don't know why I wrote five in my notes. <laughs> well, because that's what he offered him no, first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, they've talked him up. Yeah. They're good at haggling, man. Dude, he offers five. He get three times. Well, because he was yeah, like five, but... and then he, they're like 20, and so they 10, 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, deals, Walter's man. like, I'm about to fucking... He's like, I could do that in five pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so please, thank you for correcting my math. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Valentine is pissed, but Earl says that Walter is just a man that plans ahead. Bert sits with the others at a table, proposing that they get a bunch of weapons and make a perimeter. And when the creatures show up, they'll just wipe them out. I will say that he does the whole man that plans ahead thing mm-hmm. a lot. Yes. I don't know that it really comes into play. It it does. Really? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. It does. That's why I was like, the script, I, they, they were doing something. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm excited. but Nestor and Miguel push back on this idea as it sounds like Bert is proposing war Nancy remembering that Walter has a CB radio asks why he doesn't just contact Bigsby with it Walter tells her that because of the mountains they can't reach anyone outside the valley but then he's like Melvin come on get your picture take it (laughs) (laughs) well he needs that three bucks (laughs) (laughs) now he's four no it's it's his three bucks yeah Yeah. (laughs) didn't he just get kicked out he's like I'll make it back somehow yeah (laughs) Heather sums it up that they're on their own with the roads and the phones out and Nancy accuses her and Bert of loving the situation Bert does admit that he and Heather settled here for the geographic isolation of perfection But when Nancy and Nestor say that it's not like they're on the moon, Bert invites them to walk the 38 miles to Bixby then. It's like, well, damn. Yeah. (laughs) Might as well be on the moon. I take that back immediately. Yeah. Miguel proposes using Walter's horses to ride there, and Walter takes a break from Melvin's photo op (laughs) to tell them that they're welcome to use them. After asking who among them is best on a horse, the entire group turns around to look at Valentine and Earl. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, God damn it. Got to do everything. Yeah. In the next scene, they prepare the horses for the journey. Earl and Valentine rock, paper, scissors over who gets the gun and who gets the rifle, and Valentine wins the rifle. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bert and Heather pull up to see them off. They're very well armed and tell the group that they're going to go look for Rhonda to tell her to head back into town. Valentine says that they'll stop by the doctor's office to see if they've already headed for Bixby. As they get on the horses, Heather warns Earl that he's going to need something stronger than the gun he's carrying. So she loans him her giant rifle. So like Valentine won, yeah. but he lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face, He's dude. like, are he's you like, fucking Aw. kidding me? <laughs> Doesn't she give like all the specs and shit? Yeah. Yes. That always makes me laugh when people just have that off. Yeah, I yeah. didn't include that in my script because I didn't know it anymore. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> it's a really powerful gun. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> rifle. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it goes bang. Yes. Before they all take off, Melvin comes screaming out of Chang's. He's wrapped up in the photo op creature and screaming that it got him. Everyone is on edge, but Melvin collapses to his knees and laughs his ass off. It was all a joke, but he's the only one laughing. Melvin. Yeah, little shit. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. I can't handle it. Like, like read the room. Yeah. They should have just choked him out with it <laughs> and said, I think it came it back to life. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Bert, with his hand on his gun, cautions Melvin that he came too close with that joke and tells him no more games. I was a little upset because Earl says, you know, one of these days you're going to get your kick your ass. Yeah. 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 And they make it into like Chekhov's ass whooping. That never happens. Never happens. Yeah. <laughs> You're setting up Melvin to get his ass beat, and I'm loving it. I've been waiting the whole time yeah. oh, since I met him. <laughs> he's also a child, and we well, can't. You know, I I assumed that he wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're at least 22. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, you're you're in college. Yeah. Kick his ass. <laughs> But with that, Valentine and Earl ride off into the distance as the rest of Perfection stands and watches them leave. I did think it was funny. It was very kind of Chang to give them food before they left. Yeah. But he's like, here's some Swiss cheese. Yeah. It's like, we're going to the desert, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, of all the travel foods you could get. <laughs> you know what they should have given him? Hmm. Some cold, refreshing Pepsi. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I remembered one of their slogans, I'd say it right now. <laughs> For those who think young. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of Pepsi. Right? Pepsi. There we go. Saved a generation. Yeah. There know. you go. Sure. <laughs> it stops war. There from you what go, I hear. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, Coke, it's the real thing. I am yeah, not right? keeping my Stop. options open. Yeah. <laughs> or Coke. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Both. Right. <laughs> Sparkling, refreshing Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Did that work? Yes. No, yeah. I'm waiting on my phone. Yeah, right. Well, we've been <laughs> we've been blocked by both Coke <laughs> and Pepsi. <laughs> and Shudder. And Shudder. <laughs> we cut to them at the campsite and nothing here looks good. First, Jim and Megan are nowhere to be found. Their camper door is open and their car is gone. Valentine surmises that they must have just missed them, but stops when he hears music playing from a radio. They follow the sound to a mound of dirt, and when they start to dig, they find the front of Jim and Megan's car buried beneath the sand. I don't think that there is a good explanation for this. No. No. No, no. Nothing good happened here. No. It's like, oh, yeah, cars do that sometimes. It's like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> Hell no. And then even just finding something like that, it's like, oh, uh, nope. No. And I know that they're like Renaissance men. Yeah. But this is beyond their experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny because they see that and it immediately cuts to them hauling ass on the horses across the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what else are you supposed just to do? That. Fuck just that. What can you do? Earl comes up with the plan. They'll ride like hell and they won't stop all through the night. They wonder how many creatures were able to bury that station wagon and why they would even want to. The journey comes to a halt when the horses get spooked and they won't move any further. Valentine starts to blame Walter for having shitty horses, but Earl thinks that maybe they've got wind of something they don't like, which is what I would think. Yeah. yeah. Valentine's like, stupid fucking horses. It's like, no. <laughs> the animals always they, know. And the horses have been fine this whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why now? But the men pull out their guns and try to look around, but are quickly thrown from the horses. Valentine and Earl find each other, but when they turn around to look for the horses, they see that one has been pulled to the ground. One creature is wrapped around its body and another is biting its legs. Valentine pieces together that the creatures live underground. That's how they get you. Earl asks what they are and Valentine simply identifies them as sons of bitches before shooting one of them. It made me laugh because it was very B-movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously he was like, what, what are, are they? they? Sons of <laughs> bitches. <laughs> yeah. That should have been the end of the trailer. Tremors. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know what to market this yeah. as. <laughs> but he hits it and it cries out before being sucked back down underground. The ground begins to split in two where they're standing and the men take a step back. Valentine guesses that there must be a million of them to make the ground move like that, but he's wrong. 
Earl points out as the ground splits and a giant creature bursts out, it's just one. It opens its mouth and there are smaller creatures inside, wiggling like tongues. Valentine stops to shoot before listening to Earl and just running away, but he drops his gun as they take off. I was like, dude, you could probably still yeah. use that. <laughs> the giant creature lurches back underground, but its progress can be tracked through the desert as it pushes up against it. Like, this thing is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. It follows close behind Earl and Valentine, pulling up fence posts as it goes. They're like, God damn it, we just fixed them. <laughs> Earl points to a break in the road and they take a running jump but barely miss landing on the other side. They slide down into a concrete ravine and the giant monster hits the concrete before going silent. Earl thinks that it knocked itself out cold, but when the concrete breaks and a piece of the... This is a graboid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to say the creature again? Yes. And when a piece of the graboid falls out limply, Valentine says that it's not knocked out. It's dead and they killed it. He screams at it, fuck you, and cackles. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Because <laughs> oh, what else? Yeah. You know? That's it. That's oh, yeah. all I have. I did want to talk about this graboid creature. Right. Because yes. first of all, I was again very confused because I was like, God damn, you know, I've seen the DVD cover. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like that. And so I was like, well, is it a bunch of small ones? And then when I saw it was the big one, I was like, well, when it gets hit, does it get small? Like, yeah, what? Yeah. like you know, what's, <laughs> what's going on? What are the rules? But it turns out that now I have what are the rules from right. Sonny <laughs> stuck in my head. But obviously it was always meant to be this kind of a fake out to the audience right to where they're like oh it's just these tiny things and it's like oh fuck Sight. yeah it's yeah. this thing but i did see in that featurette the creature design was done by amalgamated dynamics all right is the name of their company which is pretty cool okay. yeah but the interesting thing to me is they really talked about how they went into designing it and everything there's tons of different things where part of it is mechanical right like when you see it kind of grab and reach around and stuff yeah that's mechanical but when you see it grab directly it's a hand puppet <laughs> <laughs> and you can kind of tell which right, is which. right but um they actually and this made me again the whole idea of like an indie spirit mm-hmm. they had told the director because the director's like hey i would love to see your workshop and they were like, well, the deal is uh, us having a workshop is contingent on us being paid for this film. <laughs> yeah. What? So yeah. you cannot visit our right. workshop. Yeah. <laughs> but so I guess once they were paid, they, you know, right, nice. right. invested in everything. But I appreciated because they talked about how they use different animals as like jumping off points. Mm-hmm. The screenwriter had said that they read that earthworms have like small hairs that pull it across. Right. Like mm. the dirt. And so that's why it has those sharp yeah. things. Yeah. Like th- everything's there kind of for a reason. Yeah. Right. The funniest thing though is their first design, they sent it to Gail Ann Hurd's office and everybody laughed at it. Yeah. Because they said that this is a penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they, we can't have. <laughs> There's a real thin line yeah. Yeah. <laughs> between what we Worm can and handle. <laughs> <laughs> but I did learn something that would make both of you happy about Amalgamated Dynamics is they've worked on a ton of shit, mm-hmm. but they did work on, for JP, all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh, oh nice. Shit. And for Nay, and I appreciate both of these, yeah. both of uh, these groups, they would win an Oscar two years later for Death Becomes Her. Ah! Hey, there you go. <laughs> So that is my film. (laughs) Something for everyone. Very cool. And 
the work in Death Becomes Her is fucking chef's yeah. kiss. Oh, no, so yeah. it's honestly beyond the time. Yes. Oh yeah. Like you know how they like say that aliens helped build the pyramids and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> aliens made that's Death Becomes Her. But Valentine gets the shit scared out of him when Rhonda walks up to the other side of the road. She asks if they noticed anything strange a moment ago before her eyes fall upon the dead graboid leaking slime. And she's like, what is that? <laughs> it's a big ass worm. Yeah. yeah. It's a penis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bicep, man. <laughs> Not enough you veins. Hold yeah, it like that. But- yeah. We cut to them breaking through the concrete and the rest of the graboid coming through the wall. It's fucking huge and Rhonda is shook. Earl asks if the smell is coming from it because it's dead. It's like, it st- they stink. Yeah, like we understand. <laughs> After a short inspection, Rhonda says it must be subterranean because it doesn't have any eyes. When Rhonda points out its tentacles, Earl says that he thinks the creature shoots them out of its mouth. They grab someone and then they pull them back under. He says they're lucky they killed it before it killed anyone else. Rhonda says this is the biggest zoological discovery of the century. And Valentine calls out from back up on the road that he found the ass end of it. And again, this thing is huge. Yeah. Yeah. If something like this was real, like for real, for real, that would be fucking terrifying. I don't. Even know what you it's do. Like, no, it's like, why don't we build in the desert? Ah, that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, fucking, we, yeah, we don't go over there. <laughs> Sand monsters. <Yeah. laughs> Rhonda and Earl come up to look at it and realize that this is what was causing all of the seismic activity. Rhonda finds little spikes on its bodies and realizes that these are how it's able to get around, like you said. Yeah. They all push at once, and that's how it's able to move so fast. She immediately goes over to look at her research. Earl asks if she's ever seen anything like this. And Valentine is like, no one has ever seen (laughs) anything like this. Earl puts his foot down that Walter is not getting his hands on this one for $15. And Valentine wholeheartedly agrees. As they start to figure out how they're going to be able to move it, Rhonda looks through her research and hits them with a sobering discovery. According to the readings, there should be three more of these. That's three more than we need. Yeah. They're in disbelief, but she starts to show them the evidence and they look around uneasily. Valentine has her stop telling her they'll just take her word for it. It's like, I don't I don't need any more. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't want to see this in black and white. And we don't really need the history of yeah. it. <laughs> it's we bad gotta enough. We got to get the fuck yeah. out of here. She says that her truck is just over a nearby hill and they start to head toward it. Once they get to the research site, the seismograph is already going. Earl suddenly drops down and starts screaming, but gets up sheepishly when he realizes that it was just a a prairie dog hole. (laughs) He was fucking freaking out. Wouldn't you? Yeah. How embarrassing. It's like the ground is slightly softer right here. (laughs) Well, he went in, though. Yeah, he did. He did. Rhonda looks down at the seismograph and her eyes widen. She whispers at the men to get their attention and they're all on the same page. They all take off running, trying to gain altitude by climbing on a huge nearby rock. Valentine is the last on the rock and just as he jumps up, a creature snaps at its heels. This is the smaller one, like the one they brought back under their truck. So this kind of changes the whole dynamic now. Yeah. Because whenever we were thinking about it before, we're like, okay, those little things have brains. They've got, you know. Right, right. No, No. it's just them grasping out of the dark. Yeah. So it's not as scary. 
but it's it's scary now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if if you thought that you had ten thousand enemies and you learn you just had three big ones, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a little bit better. But Our chances are a little bit right. better. So the yeah. big ones are the graboids. What are the little ones? They're just part of the graboids. Yeah, they're just they're the, the grabbers. Yeah, right. Are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but anatomically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> nay, they're not like us. <laughs> the xenomorphs have the little mouth inside yeah, the mouth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Is that what they used to? Hello, my baby. Yeah. Are you all right? They used the little one. <laughs> that's, that's exactly That's it. their WB front. Yeah. That- <laughs> that's what it's there for. Yeah. Valentine asks where Rhonda's truck is, and she says it's close, but she points to it, and it is not close. <laughs> he says that he doesn't think they're going to be able to make that defeated by their height the creature slinks back down into the sand valentine is disgusted saying that the live ones smell even worse than the dead ones so they make themselves comfortable on the rock they're really driving that point home these things fucking stink (laughs) and i don't understand how something alive could smell worse (laughs) yeah (laughs) something dead (laughs) it's a weird situation When we see them later, Valentine proposes that these creatures are mutated from radiation. No, the government built them. But Rhonda says that there has been nothing like these in the fossil records, so they might predate them and just no one has seen them until now. Earl, though, thinks they're from outer space, saying that he doubts they're local boys. (laughs) All these, like, theorizing. Do you know? I don't know how familiar you are with the series. Do we ever find out? Uh, I think later in a later film, they kind of give a little background or like are hint, they aliens like hint at i don't remember <laughs> it's been a really long time since i've seen yeah like the later films i do remember this one and the second one okay but the rest of them i like even the netflix one i watched it once and that was it right i think see the difficulty with having a franchise that carries on that long is eventually you have to yeah, yeah. it's like yes we have to send jason to space like <laughs> yeah. what the we fuck else are we gonna do yeah. so i appreciate that right now in this film they're proposing all these ideas yeah. but not nailing one down yeah, oh, yeah. we're not answering it yet because yeah. doesn't that make it less cool if you're right. like, oh, it's an alien. Yeah. And, and we, and first of all, how would you know that? Yeah. We're here in this. Yeah. We're in the desert. No, I like this better. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but finally, since they haven't seen any signs of the creatures for hours, Earl thinks that they must be gone. Valentine invites Earl to go take a walk and find out, but Earl doesn't move. <laughs> Rhonda says that they need to do something, and Valentine and Earl look at each other. Annoyed, Valentine slides down the rock, muttering and asking why we always seems to mean him. He starts to hit the ground with a piece of wood and almost immediately a creature shoots up from the sand and grabs the wood with its mouth. With the shit scared out of him, Valentine <laughs> runs back up onto the rock and Earl is in disbelief that it's just been sitting there waiting for them the whole time. He asks how it even knew that they were still here. Valentine says it doesn't have any eyes and it couldn't smell them from underground so they must have heard them. See, I like that they're smart. Yeah. yeah. Rhonda is in total agreement. They've been sensing the seismic vibrations that they're making. She says that the rock makes it even more apparent because it's a perfect conductor. Earl says that it means they're just stuck here and he's pissed. <laughs> well, he curses a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm trying to remember because he's like, that shit and like goes on and on. And then uh, they say, oh, it must hear us. And he goes, that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> He's pissed He's off. angry. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but the sky fades to dark as night falls, and we hear all three of them admit that they need to take care of business. I guess they all have to poop. That was a very awkward moment yeah. to me. 
because I'm like, okay, so this is going to be like comedy ensuing with them. Nope. It no. just cuts to the next scene. Because they one says something, they're like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that it? <laughs> Earl's like, that stolen candy goes right there. <laughs> it's the guilt. It's ruining his stomach. The next morning, Valentine wakes up next to Rhonda and scoots away from her. Earl is already awake, pondering their situation. And when Rhonda wakes up, she hands Valentine his jacket that she was using as a blanket with the smile. I have a slight behind the scenes little factoid that you probably think is very adorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, On this rock, I think during the production, the cinematographer proposed to the associate producer. Oh my God, I love that. And she said yes. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But Rhonda thanks Valentine for the jacket and he's like, oh, no problem. And then looks over at Earl who's laughing like kind of knowingly. So that's when I was like, okay, so now it's Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. But with the awkwardness out of the way, it's time to get down to business. Valentine says that the first thing to do is see if old Stumpy is still down there. He takes a shovel and throws it off the rock and onto the sand. Immediately, the graboid rears up, sending sand flying in the air in clouds. Valentine realizes that this is why Edgar never climbed down from the tower. Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah. All of this gives Rhonda an idea. She says so, but they ignore her, arguing amongst each other. As Valentine proposes, they run, and Earl tells him that running is not a plan. It's what you do when your plan fails. So I guess the plan thing does come up a lot. It does, and it doesn't stop. I was focused on the monsters. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, man, that thing's big. It stinks, dude. Fed up with being ignored, Rhonda puts on her backpack and climbs down the rock. She grabs a pole and runs back up asking if they know how to pole vault. I don't know if this is supposed to be a stick, but it's a pole. It's a straight up pole. She demonstrates this using the pole to vault onto the next rock. She tells them that they can just jump from rock to rock where it can't get them. And luckily, her truck is parked right next to a rock. She conveniently. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I had a feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. Earl immediately is like, bet. He runs to grab his own pole, but Valentine stays there, dumbstruck, staring at Rhonda. Earl hands Valentine a pole and asks if Tammy Lynn Baxter does much pole vaulting. It's like, I... (laughs) He launches off, but falls backward. Valentine gives it a shot and makes it onto the next rock. We get a short little sequence of them jumping from rock to rock until they reach Rhonda's truck. It felt almost like a montage. Yes. And it was very of its time. Yes. But it did make me smile. (laughs) Once they're on the rock next to the truck, Earl proposes that they all jump at once because once they hit the truck, there's not going to be much time. Rhonda puts the keys in her mouth and counts them down. They all land hard and noisy in the bed of the truck and Rhonda throws the back window open to crawl into the cab, but it's too late. The truck begins to shake as the smaller creatures pop up. Valentine slaps one of them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) He just sucker punched him. (laughs) So funny. But more keep coming. They fight them off as they scream at Rhonda to get them out of here. With her feet still sticking out of the back window, Rhonda gets the truck started and pushes down on the gas with her hand and the truck takes off. Still in the bed of the truck, Earl and Valentine high five and celebrate. But with her feet still sticking out of the window in between them, Rhonda asks if maybe they could help her. That's yeah. A, right. <laughs> a reasonable I mean, request. Yeah. They're like, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. cool and all, but yeah. Yeah. I we, can't see. We'll no. die. <laughs> 
Back at Chang's over cigarettes and food, Valentine explains to the others that the creatures that they've seen are the actual creature's tongue. These actual creatures are huge. Nancy admits that she's having trouble accepting this. And Walter is calling out on his CB radio. And when Earl asks where Bert and Heather are, Walter says that he doesn't know. He can't reach them. So they must still be driving around. Walter asks Rhonda what the creatures are called and where they come from. And she says she doesn't know. Walter scoffs at this and he's like, aren't you supposed to be a scientist? Okay, don't question my credentials. Yeah. You're really hung up on the wrong shit. Yeah. Don't you live here? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. We, I don't think that. None of us know yeah. what the fuck this is. <laughs> Melvin chimes in that she should have some kind of theory. She says that they're unprecedented and they're like, but where did they come from? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Earl says that it really doesn't matter where they came from. And Walter is upset that the creatures don't have a name. They found them. So they should get to name them. He's like, look, think of the merchandising. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's thinking it's Monday. Yeah. He's yeah. thinking about Wednesday. Well, I got to change my sign. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine tells them to forget naming it. The bottom line is they need to get out of the valley. But everyone's like, now, hold on. <laughs> Nobody's down with this. No. Nancy says that someone will realize that their roads are out and their lines are down eventually and they'll come check on them. But even as she's saying this, it's like, uh. Nancy. Outside, we pan over the construction site to see the hard hat with the blood and gore on the inside. Back at Chang's, Walter is racking his brain trying to come up with a name for the creatures. Melvin suggests suckoids and Walter likes the oid part. Maybe snakeoids? This, this is a committee now. Yeah. Right. It's like, this is what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> they're right outside. Yeah, we, they're, they hear everything. <laughs> Nestor says that if one of them comes for him, he's going to hit it with an axe. Earl tells him that he doesn't understand. They come up from underground and grab you. Rhonda tells them that they can sense the slightest vibration. They hunt through their footsteps. Miguel says that they could just not vibrate and maybe they'll leave them alone. Nestor's like... I could use a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> You're not listening. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. He's like, vibrate, you say. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the line for Valentine. He rips the map off the wall and tells everyone to wake up. He uses the map to show where the creatures had Edgar trapped, where they grabbed old Fred, where they got Howard and Carmine, and where they got Megan and Jim. It's all a straight line leading up to perfection. Okay, uh, first of all, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. Also, great, great rhyme back there. That's a line for Valentine. <laughs> I thought to me, the second that he brought up the chainsaw, Nestor, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I struggled to remember his name because he's very inconsequential in this yeah. <laughs> But when he brought up the chainsaw, my thought was that it was going to light a light bulb over Valentine's head. Yeah. Right. The idea of a false vibration yeah. to be used as a distraction. No, right. he's like, everybody shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> Chainsaw, what are you stupid? <laughs> but Valentine says that the bottom line is they need to get out of this valley. Nancy leaves to go get Mindy. This is what I'm like. You don't have her in here with yeah. you? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. And Melvin says, it's okay. He saw her playing just down the street. Yeah, that's fine. Everything that we've talked about, yeah. she's safe. With everything they just heard. Yes. <laughs> Melvin, you piece of <laughs> shit. I know you love him. My, yeah, he's my favorite character. But Walter's like, that's it. Graboids. Finally, Nestor is open to the idea of leaving and asks where they could go. Valentine says that Rhonda has an idea. She starts to explain, but has to dumb it down when they're all like, what? <laughs> The creatures move easily through the loose soil of the valley, but they can't move through rock. 
They would be safe if they could get to the mountains and then they could just hike to Bigsby. Suddenly, with a scream, Melvin throws a basketball into the store, scaring everyone. Earl throws the basketball back at him with some threats. Again, they really are setting up an ass whooping yeah. that yeah. I never get. Doesn't, I think I have written in my notes, one of them says, I'm going to kick his ass, and the other one says, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> it's like, if that's the end credit scene, yeah, just you guys kicking his ass. <laughs> like, we get in the movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> Across the street, Nancy looks for Mindy, but doesn't get an answer when she calls out to her. Behind her, Melvin walks away from Chang's, dribbling his basketball until it doesn't bounce back up. It's sucked down, and Melvin screams. Now, Rhonda just told everyone that it can track them through footsteps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you think that it's a good idea to be out here dribbling a basketball? Yeah. Melvin is <laughs> a fucking jerk. Right, let him. Yeah, let him. Yeah. Go ahead, Melvin. <laughs> Look, I know that... The Graboids have already killed a few people in town. Yeah. But if they do eat Melvin, <laughs> yeah. we're even. It's okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Melvin. <laughs> you get just one. Yes. Yeah, and a, then we're, yeah. we're square. But everyone hears his scream at the market and Earl is pissed. Vowing to kick Melvin's ass, he goes outside. This is when Maybe Valentine's when. like, oh, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> and he follows him. The others follow them outside as Earl calls out to Melvin, but they all stop dead in their tracks when they see that he's climbed up a pole, holding on and petrified with fear. The ground erupts with a giant graboid and Earl screams at everyone to get back inside. Melvin climbs down and runs as the graboid opens its giant mouth and the little creatures slither out. Valentine narrowly escapes being grabbed by one. Everyone runs back into the market and they stand motionless as the shelves begin to shake and the floorboards pulsate. When the shaking subsides, Rhonda whispers at them, reminding them to make no noise and no vibration. As if in response to this, they hear the squeaking of Mindy's pogo stick. I swear to God. Yeah. Kids just always fucking causing trouble. Yeah. Because... nobody's wa- how is nobody wa- we found dead bodies by now uh-huh. yeah like how is nobody watching this child what i don't understand doesn't she have headphones on too she does, she does. Yeah. So, yeah so you're you've lost like 20 percent of the population yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very small town yeah but they quietly rush to the porch and whisper at her to stop but she's wearing those headphones the graboid visibly moves from the store and crosses the street shaking everything in its path Valentine takes off running toward Mindy just as Nancy spots her. I don't know how Nancy's still like, Mindy, when this thing was just fucking wrecking shit across the street, but okay. As the Graboid rushes over, Valentine is able to grab Mindy off of the pogo stick and land on the side of the road with her. Nancy runs over asking him what's going on and he tells her to be quiet. It's like, how do you not see all this? Do you not understand what the hell? Like, okay. Also, I do have to point out that I think this might be the only way to get off of a pogo stick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like once you start, I don't you know. can't stop. <laughs> yeah. You either you pogo till you die. That's, yeah, that's, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's why she was at 640. Exactly. She's like, She's, like, help. She's crying. <laughs> but valentine stares at the road as mindy's pogo stick is sucked under the three of them scoop back away from the road but when the pogo stick is spit back up behind them they run nancy and mindy run into their house and valentine jumps on the top of his truck earl is concerned that the graboid is going to suck valentine under with the truck but valentine just tells him and Rhonda to run 
The tires on the truck burst as the ground shakes, but Earl and Rhonda spot a shed and fences moving and realize that another graboid is making its way to them. Two graboids? <laughs> <laughs> Two? <laughs> Earl runs to the store, but Rhonda trips on razor wire. With the ground beneath her swelling and pushing her up, she's rolled over and now her feet are tied with the razor wire. Again, we've done this yeah. before. <laughs> it was effective. <laughs> The graboids are like, no, we'll do that again. Yeah, the humans hate that. File that away. Mm-hmm. Melvin looks out from the shed, but when he sees the tiny creatures coming for Rhonda, he shuts himself back inside. Rhonda tries to untie her legs, but the creatures grab onto a fence post and start to pull her with it. They're like, no, this works. Yeah. We've done yeah. it before. <laughs> Valentine jumps off of the truck with a pickaxe and attacks the graboid. He rushes to untie Rhonda just as Earl comes out with the tool of his own to attack it. Valentine tells Rhonda to take her pants off as he pulls off her boots. She obliges, immediately unbuckling her belt. So, firstly, I laughed very hard at the graboid's little snake arm trying to take the pickaxe out. Yeah. Yes. That's very, he's like, that fucking yeah. hurts. <laughs> Who in the fuck? <laughs> but the second thing is with him telling her to take her pants off. Yeah. yeah. I think that it is very important to note that sometimes the smartest solution is also the sexiest. (laughs) (laughs) So jot that down. (laughs) Everyone learned something today. (laughs) But Earl watches as the creature, like you said, tries to pull (laughs) pull the pickaxe out. That is fucking hilarious. It finally gets it out and the graboid is back at it again. Rhonda comes out of her pants just in time to escape being grabbed and they're safe for just a moment before the other graboid pops up behind them. Earl screams at them to run and they haul ass back into the market. The planks on the porch rise behind them as they run, but they make it inside. Later in the market, Valentine cleans and bandages Rhonda's cut up legs. As he does, Earl smokes a cigarette and gives them each a little smug, knowing look. See, I, for some reason, thought he was only giving it to Rhonda. No, he gives it to her first. Is this like a... Well, he's like, and I'm going to steal your girl. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he was interested, but when I think he was judging Valentine on the type of like, I only date women with this. So now that he's like, oh, no, I'm a step back. Mm -hmm. I see what's happening. Fair point. Miguel gives Rhonda a pair of shoes and some pants and whispers asking how long they need to wait. Earl says that they have the patience of Job and they'll sit around and wait as long as they need to until they hear their lunch. He says that they need a plan, but Walter's already got one. Earl and Valentine can drive up into the mountains and walk to Bixby when they can't drive any further. But Valentine reminds him that the Graboids ruined their truck. So Rhonda offers for them to take her truck, but Earl says that it won't work on the trail. The Pepsi machine chooses that moment to start its bullshit, squeaking and shaking. Valentine, Earl, and Walter rush over to it, knocking over stacks of cans in the process, but they do get the machine unplugged. It wasn't fast enough, though, because the floorboards explode as a graboid bursts up. So they waste no time. No. no. That, I mean, the split second they hear something, they're like, boop. They said that they had, because this interior is a set. Right. Mm-hmm. All of the exteriors were actually like on the location. Yeah, yeah. But they had 10 people underneath the floorboards, and they had a massive graboid built on a dolly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they said they had all 10 people push as hard as they could, almost like a seesaw, to just slam it through the floorboards. Damn. <laughs> and it, it looks, yeah. yeah. It works really well. 
But in the saddest moment of the film, to me, yes. it grabs onto Walter. He screams and everyone tries to pull him back up, but the graboid whips Walter from side to side before finally pulling him under. Another graboid explodes from behind the counter and Rhonda climbs up onto the shelves. When Valentine looks up at her, he sees the hatch leading to the roof and yells at everyone to climb up there. They all try to make their way over, but the graboids are wreaking havoc, knocking things over and squeezing cans until they burst. I was sure that Walter was going to climb out of the hole. Yeah. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I, had I was hope. like, he can't. They can't have yeah. him go out like that. And you can't kill him before Melvin. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to run a store, yes. make a living. And if they would have listened to him earlier and fixed that machine, it wouldn't have been. None of this yeah. would have happened. Yeah. I also saw in that feature and I thought it was kind of funny. They said inside the monster's mouth yeah. was a bicycle seat. And so they could just <laughs> very easily be eaten very comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> just have a seat. Just hang out, yeah. Rhonda tries to ready herself to jump over to the shelf beneath the roof hatch, but two graboids work together to push the shelf over, causing a domino effect. They encourage Rhonda to jump, but she's too late. The shelves are knocked over, and Rhonda is hilariously <laughs> knocked right out of the window i was fucking laughing no, was, yeah. i was already laughing at the two creatures working together to yeah. push the shelf over because they're like this one will hit that yeah. one and that one and then her falling that looks it fucking was, no, it was, it too was much. very like, funny i'm not gonna jump yeah <laughs> i can't make it and she said i can't jump you won't jump. yeah yeah <laughs> you very easily could have jumped <laughs> Valentine climbs up to the roof and looks over to the side of the building to see shelving and cans, but no Rhonda. Just as he loses hope, she calls out to him. She's climbing up the water tower and makes it up safely. He asks if she's okay and she gives him a thumbs up. Melvin peeks out from the shed. I'm like, oh yeah, Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> Fucker. Then <laughs> calls out to them asking what they're doing up there. What do you think, Melvin? <laughs> Miguel whispers to him to shut the hell up and get up on the roof. But of course, Melvin doesn't listen. But the shed begins to shake and he climbs on top of it. Now he's safe. Earl, Valentine and Miguel call out to Nestor and Nancy to go up to their roofs because the graboids come up from the floor. With the Nevada vanity plate that reads Uzi for you, Bert and Heather return home, dismayed that they weren't able to find any sign of the Graboids. How far did you go off in the wrong direction? Because there have been signs of them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Heather takes out her binoculars and looks over at the market. She pans over to see Rhonda on the water tower, Valentine, Earl and Miguel on the roof, Melvin on the shed and Nestor and Nancy on the roofs of their homes. The graboids begin to stir as we hear Bert's voice come in over Walter CB. Miguel and Earl lower Valentine down so he can grab it through the window and they pull him back up to the roof. Valentine finally makes contact with Bert as Heather comes into their basement, telling him something very weird is going on because everyone is up on the roofs. I appreciated them making contact. Yeah. But I feel like the urgency at which you should deliver this message was kind of lacking here. Yeah. There's a bunch of snake monsters. Yeah. They're gonna get to like, <laughs> tell, get them. The right <laughs> tell them immediately, dude. They watch from the roof as a graboid makes its way over to Bert and Heather's house. Valentine advises Bert to get out of the basement and onto the roof, and he'll explain everything if he takes the radio with him. Bert pushes back on this, but Heather tells him to just listen to what he's saying because clearly something is very wrong. Valentine is yelling at him to just get on the roof. 
The things that they saw are way bigger than what they thought. They're huge and they're coming for them now. Bert and Heather grab their rifles and look out the windows. Bert reports that they don't see anything, so Valentine continues to yell at him. They are underground. They're huge monsters underground. So this dude, believing in all the conspiracy theories, yeah. he needs he's proof. Like, he's yeah. like, this seems a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when everything in the basement starts to shake. They ready their rifles as a graboid bursts through the wall. On the roof, they hear Bert scream, Jesus Christ, and it cuts off. They stare at their house in the distance and hear rifle shots echo out. Their faces, though, when he cuts off, they're like, fuck. <laughs> they should have yeah. fucking yeah. listened. Well, I I thought they were dead. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're just giving us the courtesy of not showing their corpses. Right. Yeah. But hold on. Yeah. In the basement, they empty their guns into the graboid and then back up to the wall covered in guns and just grab two more. One of the tiny creatures gets Bert by the foot and as it drags him toward it, Heather opens fire. She shoots until the small creature is in half. Bert gets back up and they empty multiple magazines and multiple guns into the graboid. When it reacts to being shot in the mouth, <laughs> Bert's like, oh, that's the, that's yeah, the, the that's glowing spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's the crit spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever play House of the Dead? Yeah. <laughs> Bert readies a giant gun they keep in a glass case. Heather shoots the graboid in the mouth with, I'm assuming was a flare gun. Right. And Bert unloads his gun into it. Elephant gun. Yes. Elef elephant gun. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. Elephant gun. <laughs> the Graboid dramatically finally dies. Bert screams that it came into the wrong rec room. I don't really see a lot of wreck happening here. It was really just stockpiling <laughs> <Yeah>. weapons. <laughs> but go off. Yeah, yeah, call it whatever you want. <laughs> well, they're cleaning them. Um, and then that little <laughs> machine uh, he had was to clean the shells. So they could reuse them. It sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's fun to them. Yeah. They're having a good time. That's their uh, better call Saul. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I did want to point out while they're still in the basement, I saw in the featurette that they actually filmed this in two different ways and kind of composited them. Mm -hmm. And they do it so seamlessly that you can't really tell. But for a lot of this, this basement is a miniature. Really? Yeah. What? Huh. I never would have guessed whenever you see it kind of like rear up and hit the ceiling. Yeah. That's a completely different puppet. Get from, out of yeah. here. That's that's impressive. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that all. No. And I saw they use like a ton of miniatures for this film in different spots. Yeah. And they do it in such a way that you would never notice. They showed... <laughs> They showed like what appeared to be like a desert landscape uh -huh. and the sky was like coming in. And I was like, that looks fucking gorgeous. And then just some lady walks by and she's like eight. Like, she looks like she's like 80 <laughs> feet tall. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's, guess that that's another real. one. <laughs> but they do it so seamlessly. Yeah. It's very impressive. Watch out. <laughs> You're scared of grab boys. That's yeah, fucking lady. <laughs> On the roof, they all look worried until Bert reports on the radio that they killed it. They laugh excitedly. Valentine congratulates him, but warns that there are two more out there. Bert and Heather get on their roof with bags of gear, and the news that they killed the Graboid spreads, and everyone cheers. Is this when the dude has his hat and he's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, they very clearly went person to person. Yeah. Like, celebrate. Celebrate. Yeah. celebrate. <laughs> it was very funny. Earl admits that now they don't get to make fun of the way Bert lives. <laughs> because, I mean, it well, came in handy. Yeah. 
They fucked that thing up. They yeah, did. did. They came and they prepared. Kept, and they yeah. kept a cool head about it, too. I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From their roof, Bert and Heather notice the ground swelling and start to shoot. But the graboid moves through the ground unscathed. Bert admits on the radio that dirt is the best bullet stopper there is. Earl takes the radio and asks if Bert is able to get to his truck. When Bert says yes, Earl tells them that their truck is the only one that will be able to make it up the mountain trail. He tells Bert and Heather to get up to the mountains, but he's interrupted by Rhonda yelling to get their attention. She points down to the one that Valentine named Stumpy as it writhes against the building. Rhonda remarks that it's up to something. It starts to reach up the building and Valentine asks Rhonda what it's going to do now. I don't again. And she's like, why do you keep asking me? I'm like, why do y'all keep asking her? She doesn't know. But in all like I understand that she's studying things, but I don't think you have to be a scientist to guess what it's about to do. (laughs) I just figured maybe because she's out there studying the earthquakes and whatever. She's never seen some shit like this. I know. She's told y'all that multiple times. They they were just covered in shit earlier. That's true. They don't know what's going on. This is out of our experience. Look, we have no idea what's going on. But it was getting to the point where I expected one to be like in its mouth and they're like, hey, Rhonda, what's it doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's next? (laughs) Tell me what to do. (laughs) But the graboid slithers back down into the dirt. The entire market lurches up and the roof moves like waves on water. When it settles back down, Bert radios back, asking Earl what he was asking them to do. Earl tells them to hold on because Stumpy's trying something new. The graboid pushes up Nancy's house, scaring Nancy and Mindy, who are still on the roof. Miguel says that Nancy and Mindy weren't even making noise, so why is it bothering them? Valentine thinks they're testing the buildings. Rhonda proposes that they can feel their vibrations, but they can't find them. Earl sums it up with the fact that they're coming up with a plan. A plan. Yeah. All right. Even the graboids have one. Yeah. They learn from him. Yeah. (laughs) The graboid comes for Nestor's trailer and he holds on as it lifts it up and drops it, but he finally falls. They scream at Nestor to climb up onto something. And when he climbs up on a tire, they're like, that's not good enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not here to blame him for his own death, but (laughs) But Nestor, dude, come on. Before Nestor can find something bigger to climb onto, he is sucked into the dirt. We zoom over to Melvin, who's standing on a shed as he cries and asks someone to do something. So I'm glad he's not having a good time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We love Melvin, dears. Yes. um, My thing was Nestor existed just to be. (laughs) Because we couldn't lose anyone important. No. You know, so we hardly knew you. Yeah. Back at Bert and Heather's, Bert continues to shoot the lump under the ground. And when Heather chastises him, he's like, I think I'm scaring it. Valentine tells Heather on the radio that there's no use in them going for help because the rest of them will be dead by the time they get back. Heather promises that they're with him no matter what he wants to do. Yeah, he's full of hope. Yeah, <laughs> real optimist. Yeah. This time. <laughs> Valentine says that the graboid is tearing the town down from under them. All they can do at this point is get out of here now. Heather tells him that they'll come pick everyone up and she signs off. Bert notices the graboid slithering underground toward their vehicle. Bert readies his rifles and the alarm blares as the vehicle begins to be sucked underground. (laughs) Defeated, Valentine accepts when Heather tells them to forget about them picking everyone up. I love that they did that because they're like, no, they use this to get around faster. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) But Rhonda says that the situation is still the same. They need to make it to solid rock. 
Valentine says they can't because there's no vehicle left to make it up to the mountains. As he says this, a graboid rips off the overhang on the side of the store. Valentine says that what they really need is a helicopter or a tank. This makes Earl realize the cat, the bulldozer. Right, not a feline. Not, I mean, no. I'm sure a cat could get them out of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cats can do anything. But that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Valentine dismisses this because the cat is too slow, but Earl persists. It weighs more than 30 tons, and there's no way a graboid could lift 30 tons. Could they? Yeah, I was like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ants can lift, what, 50 times their body it's, weight? It's tossing around these houses like nothing. Yeah, so it's also like, true. Yeah. Miguel rationalizes that they all can't fit on a bulldozer, but Valentine coming around now says that maybe they could pull something. Earl says the old semi-trailer. It doesn't matter that the tires are flat because the cat can pull anything. They announce that they've got a plan and they give each other a high five. They look over at the bulldozer and realize that it's going to be a very long walk. Rhonda chimes in that they only respond to vibration. They could distract them with a decoy. Finally talking. Yeah, she's like, finally. Yeah. Earl asks if Melvin wants to make a quick buck, but Melvin responds by giving him the finger. Miguel says that they could start up Walter's tractor. They could start it up and let the graboid follow that around. The roof starts to shake and cave in while they're thinking it over. Valentine says that the ground is getting closer and closer, so maybe it's just best to go with Miguel's plan. A graboid starts freaking out in Nancy's house, lifting it up as the windows break. Valentine and Earl both start for the edge of the roof, Earl reasoning that he's faster, but Valentine asserting that he's better at driving the cat. To decide this, they, of course, resort to rock, paper, scissors. In all fairness, I think the more important thing would be fast, be faster getting right over now. there yeah. yeah it doesn't matter how you can you, you got the zero turning radius or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit valentine loses of course and he's like well i guess that means i have to yeah. do it and earl's like no <laughs> that's not how it works i won so i pick who does it miguel starts the tractor and lets it go it rolls down the street miguel holds on to the building for life as he says that the graboid is following it nancy calls out that the graboid beneath her house is going after it as well Valentine wishes Earl luck as they trade friendly insults. Earl holds his hand out to Valentine, but Valentine elbows him in the ribs and runs off. He jumps off the roof and flies over to the bulldozer. Flies as in running quickly. He falls on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing because they had shaken hands so many times yeah. in that way that when he did it again, I was like, another fucking hand? And I was like, you dirty yeah. dog! <laughs> He's brilliant. The tractor hits the side of the road, rolls over, and stops. They yell at Valentine to keep going because the decoy has been taken out. He runs, and we get the point-of-view shot of the graboid as it burrows back down into the dirt, abandoning the silent tractor. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, I like the shots they have of these graboids ripping through the dirt. Yeah. Like, from their point of view. Yeah. yeah. You get to see how the other half lives or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They watch from their roofs in fear as Valentine runs as fast as he can toward the cat and the graboid sends dust into the air as it runs after him. This dude is fucking hauling ass. Yeah. Oh, he is. I'm like, Earl's faster than this? Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> as it gets closer, Rhonda yells at Valentine to stop moving and not make any noise. I don't know how he's hearing her from this. Yeah, I'm well, not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he stops in his tracks. 
The smaller creatures come up from underground, but they don't sense him because he's not making any noise. They reach out blindly for him, and Earl tells everyone to make all the noise they can. They scream, whistle, and taunt the Graboid until Rhonda notices that the pipe has a piece of fabric holding in a leak. I do want to say Rhonda calls the Graboid a slime bucket. Yeah. yeah. Now with this and Cretan and whatnot, yeah. the nineties were a weird time. In abundance. <laughs> Insults were just Well, you know. <laughs> You're like, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Slime bucket. Yeah, yeah, why not? We took what we could get. Fair yeah. <laughs> but Rhonda climbs down and starts kicking the pipe. When she kicks it loose, water pours onto the ground and the graboids immediately head back over to it. Valentine makes his way to the cat and gets it started. The creatures slither in a puddle beneath Rhonda and start to grab the ladder that she's on. She climbs back on the water tower, but they rip the ladder down, trapping her. Do they know they're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. They got a plan. They're getting smarter. Yeah. She's not going to be able to climb down now. True. Well, that's good for her. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just realized. Valentine hooks the cat up to the semi-trailer, and when he starts it up and moves, he screams and laughs. He was so happy that I was expecting it to stop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he was, you're not supposed to celebrate no, that early. too happy. He goes to the water tower, and Rhonda jumps down with him. Creatures grab onto the cat, but when Valentine starts moving again, they can't hold on, and they're crushed. Rhonda and Valentine cheer. On their roof, Bert and Heather are making pipe bombs when, <laughs> when Valentine and the rest of the group come to pick him up. It also made me laugh that they didn't show everybody else jumping in. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? You know what? Yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stall there waiting for them to finish and jump in. But just as Valentine tells them to hurry up because the graboids are smart and getting smarter by the minute, the cat begins to sink into the dirt. They start moving, and when they stop, the Graboids try to suck them down again. Bert tosses a duffel bag to Valentine, who's shocked by the weight, and tells him they're only going nine miles. But Bert reasons that those Graboids are going to be on their ass every step of the way. I do like that they're acknowledging that they're getting smarter. Yeah. yeah. Because they clearly are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that would be annoying. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, oh, so now the Graboid can fucking... <laughs> <laughs> But I was thinking because they only attacked that car because the doctor's wife was in it. Yeah. Right. And now they're getting rid of trucks because they realize that it really fucks up their it's shit. Like, oh, you yeah. guys use these. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll take that. They yell at them to hurry up and Bert and Heather decide which of their guns to take before finally dropping down into the semi-trailer. Melvin asks for a gun, which Bert denies him and they continue on. You don't have to give Melvin a gun, but... You could pistol whip him. Yeah. <laughs> you could use a gun on yeah. them. That's fine. That's fine. As they drive away, Bert mourns his house. The five years worth of food, the stored gas, the bomb shelter, all underground. I am a little pissed off at them for not bringing any food. Yeah. Yeah. You were only stockpiling like, weapons. I'm already hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just having this conversation. <laughs> Triumphant music plays as they make their way to the mountains. They see the Graboids causing dirt to fly into the air, and Earl asks what they're doing. Valentine says that as long as they're doing it all the way over there, he doesn't care. So there are a few Graboids left, correct? There's two left. Right. The music is a little more too triumphant. Happy? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are not done. No. You're only half done. It still exists. Right. Well, we'll give them this little moment. They found a ride. <laughs> they got away. They, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. 
They continue traveling until the ground caves in and the cat goes down. Are we supposed to think that this is what they were doing? Well, he sees one off in the distance yeah, and they're like, so they what were the fuck up is going trap? on? Yeah. And it was just a distraction to get him mm. to drive into that little trench. They're smart as fuck. See, it's like that alien from signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gather into the semi trailer and realize that this is a trap that's been set for them. They shoot at it and Bert throws a pipe bomb yelling, hungry, eat this. Well, you gave it a lot more stank than he did. Yeah. He gave it like he's been tired all day. Yeah. <laughs> They've been through a lot. I know, but he and literally. they're all hungry. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm hungry. I'm also very, I could eat this fucking pipe bomb. But he really does. He's like, hungry, eat this. I'm like, what? <laughs> you get your action hero moment and you phone it in. <laughs> That's what you did with it? He used it all in the rec room. That's man. true. <laughs> they, that was it. They've been through that a lot. That is true. And he, had a, he had a good line there. He's like, don't fuck. We didn't say don't fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever he said. It was a good line in there. I'll give him that. He, two in one day. That's, yeah, that, that's asking too that's much. <laughs> <laughs> but the explosion is huge and the graboid screams. As they run away, Rhonda points out that there are still two trails running away, meaning two graboids left. Like, we know Rhonda. <laughs> They start heading back and Valentine proposes that they run to a pile of rocks. When everyone disagrees, he tells them that if they stay here, they're dead. After confirming that Bert has many more pipe bombs, Rhonda proposes that they throw a pipe bomb toward the rocks. And when it explodes, the graboids will run away from it. Then they're safe to run toward it. Which is smart. Mm -hmm. She says that they're so sensitive to sound that the explosion must be hurting them. When Melvin is the only one that disagrees with the plan, Bert gives him a gun and he changes his tune. Bert throws the bomb, it explodes, and the graboids scream and run away. The group makes a run for it. Melvin quickly realizing that the gun that Bert gave him was empty. <laughs> so he was just going to try to shoot it to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Because he had no <laughs> reason no no to point. shoot it. Yeah. No. In fact, it would hurt them now to yeah. do it. <laughs> Mindy fucking eats it and Earl picks her up and carries her the rest of the way. I don't think that was a stunt kid. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> she, like... she fucking like fell, fell. <laughs> The graboids are on their tail as they reach the rock and Bert stands at the back while everyone else climbs up. He narrowly escapes being grabbed when he steps up himself and instead the graboid hits his head on the rock and goes back down. Melvin confronts Bert for giving him a gun with no bullets and Bert just laughs saying that it did the trick and it got him moving. The graboids circle the rock until they finally go silent. Rhonda asks if they'll be able to make it to the mountains using the pipe bombs, but Valentine says that they don't have enough. Earl says they're just stuck on this rock. Earl's like, I'm pissed. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone is dejected until Heather speaks up. She tells them that they all sound like they've given up. Rhonda says that the Graboids will just wait until they're dead. But Bert says they could have held them off at the house because they had food and water. And instead, they hauled them out here. Yeah, but you were all for it at your house. Yeah. Yes. Instead of saying, no, we should stay here. You're like, oh, like now there's some, some shit. Yeah, here's down. some ammo. Here's some more ammo. Here's some more guns. Let's go. <laughs> you didn't say that earlier. No. And don't have buyer's remorse to the plan now. Yeah. yeah. And now you're just an somebody asshole. Yeah, oh yeah. And then you're the franchise is yours after yeah. this? <laughs> Fuck you. Do you deserve it? Mm. But Valentine gets in his face saying that they should have just left them on their roof. Earl and Heather pull them apart and Earl tells them that the Graboids would have had their house in half in about an hour. Facts. Yeah. yeah. Later they're all sitting on the rock. 
Bert tells Heather that if it comes to starvation, he's going out with the pipe bomb and letting them take him out. This gives Earl an idea, though. It's like going fishing. We cut to them throwing rocks to lure the graboid into showing itself. They tie a bomb to a rope and light the fuse. Earl swings it like a lasso and throws it to where the graboid just was. From underground, it opens its mouth and takes in the pipe bomb. I do want to point out before uh, the plan comes to fruition. Yeah. Whenever they were thinking about it and fucking Bird is like saying he would blow himself up. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's like... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh god damn dude. That's really extreme yeah. <laughs> I mean, That I, was a lot We're all very hungry Yeah, But good lord But the bomb explodes And the group cheers as they're sprayed With graboid guts Talk about taking pipe am I right Oh no. my god <laughs> Taking pipe <laughs> Man this is <laughs> Please Anyway <laughs> We pan over and see the remains of the creature in the dirt. So they go back to fishing, trying to lure out the last one. And of course, it's Stumpy. And Valentine has a personal vendetta. Of course, the one with the name is the last one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate uh, Melvin getting splashed with the guts. He yeah. did. And he got embarrassed in front of everyone. And I, like, <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. It probably wouldn't surprise you to know or to learn if you already know it, that it really wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it really wouldn't surprise you at all. <laughs> But the the majority of the guts, like one of the main ingredients was pumpkin. pumpkin? I yeah. knew it. It looks fucking like pumpkin puree. Like, yeah. Clearly, yeah. John Paul was watching it last night and Jackson goes, is that egg yolk? Yeah. <laughs> Those are slimy too, man. So Valentine lassos the pipe bomb this time and Stumpy takes it, pulling it underground with him. They cheer and wait for the explosion, but instead the pipe bomb launches into the sky right back out at them. Not this time, cowpoke. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker really spit you that thought, thing back. Yeah, dude. He's like, fool me once. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did to the other yeah, one. Yeah, man. This is my fucking brother. Yeah. <laughs> but the pipe bomb lands in the bag with the other pipe bombs and they make a run for it. The explosions go off and Earl, Rhonda, and Valentine are launched into the dirt. They start to run back to the rock, but the Graboid jumps up, stopping them. They freeze, and the rest of the group on the rock scream and shout to grab its attention. I'm not going to lie. I thought something bigger was going to happen from the pipe bomb landing in the pipe bomb bag. Yeah, me but too. But it was just like, oh, we're mildly inconvenienced, and we're in the dirt. I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? I thought it was Nobody gonna, died. The rock, the rock gonna, isn't, yeah, isn't, isn't no. destroyed. And then he's got free reign. Yeah. No. Stumpy or whatever. Yeah. He's just up walking around now. Yeah. yeah. It's my fucking turf oh, now. He's got legs <laughs> <laughs> but after a moment stumpy retreats back into the ground earl starts back toward the rock but valentine stops him because stumpy isn't dumb it's trying to trick them earl tells valentine to use the bomb he's holding but it's their last one valentine says that even if they make it to the rock they're dead in three days but earl reasons that he would like to live for another three days starving to death yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather right? be eaten. No, yeah. think, think about it. Me, yeah. <laughs> the group calls over for them to come on and Rhonda whispers for Valentine to just throw the bomb. But Valentine says that the monster isn't smarter than him and he's going to go for it. To everyone's surprise, he takes off running in the opposite direction of the rock. Earl follows. I love that Earl doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but he's like, well, I'll, I'll go with you. That's his buddy. 
He asks where he's going, and Valentine tells him that he's got a goddamn plan. Huh? All right, look, I'm at this point, <laughs> I'm going to admit that yeah. that just went right over my head. <laughs> or I was just being sarcastic earlier. Yeah, like, you, were just, right. you were joking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just testing you guys. Of course, you passed. <laughs> <laughs> but when Rhonda realizes that she has the lighter, she runs after them. Stumpy chases them and they stop at the edge of the cliff. I love this full circle moment because mm-hmm. this is where he was pissing at the beginning. Yeah, this was deep at soul scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gulch or whatever. They- <laughs> Valentine rips the fuse on the bomb in half and they beg him to just light it already. But he waits until Stumpy is closer and he finally does. Earl says that he threw it too far back, but Valentine's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he doesn't look worried. The bomb explodes, pushing Stumpy forward through the ground. Rhonda and Earl jump out of the way, and Valentine finally does at the very last moment. The graboid explodes from the cliff to fly through the air and splatter onto the rocks below. The three of them stand, looking down at its remains, and Valentine says that it just suddenly hit him. Stampede. Another callback. Very good. They laugh and everyone back on the rock cheers. So I want to talk about how they did because one of the most impressive visuals to me is the moving through the ground. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they did this is they dug out like a path and they put a boat buoy in the hole that they dug Uh. and they tied it to a truck and just drove the truck. And so you see the like humpback. Yeah. yeah. It's like so rudimentary. You're like, this is, I could do this. That's why it works and why it looks so good. And it's practical. Right. Right. So none of it looks like, well, that's fucking weird or anything. But also the cliff's edge, when you get the shot from above, it's a matte painting. There's no edge there. And whenever you get the shot of him from the ground looking up, yeah, it's a forced perspective shot of a miniature. Oh, what the fuck? That is, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is I would have never guessed that. Super at impressive. All. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. And the fucking graboid blasting through the cliff. Yeah, another miniature. <laughs> like they, none of that looks like. No, that. I would I, never yeah. have guessed. No, I don't know how they did it so well, into where that you're not even distracted. Yeah. Not at all. Or like, oh, that looks like shit. Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Yeah. That's mean. <laughs> that looks like shit. <laughs> Is that how you normally yeah, watch I movies? Guess. <laughs> All, yeah. Just I start angry. Yeah. And just get angry. We either go up or down from here. <laughs> the film starts at a zero. <laughs> Impress me. But that's the other thing as well with the writing is that they had made such a big fucking deal about how they cannot go through rock or rock is like their yeah. fucking kryptonite or whatever. Yeah. And whenever one tried, it died earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. But the only way that this one was able to was the propulsion of the pipe the bomb. bomb. Yeah. yeah. So again, it makes sense. They're not breaking their own rules. No. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But we cut to them at a later date, back in perfection, changing the wheels on the truck. Valentine says that they have to make phone calls once they get to Bigsby. They could make some real money and maybe even get in People magazine. But Earl does him one better. They could get in National Geographic. Oh, yeah. Rhonda comes over and takes their photo. As she comes over to talk with them, Valentine reaches into the truck and pulls down his collage of Tammy Lynn Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to see that. This never happened. (laughs) Earl busies himself and she tells Valentine that there's going to be major research behind this and that she's going to be in on it. She thanks him for saving her life and he's playing it like too cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. 
Earl rolls his eyes under the hood of the truck. She says maybe she'll see him sometime. And Valentine's just like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. She smiles at Earl and walks away. Earl slams the hood shut and Valentine's like, I know, I know. (laughs) He follows her, wondering out loud what a girl like her would want with a guy like him. He catches up to her and starts to talk to her, but stops and kisses her instead. She kisses him back and the two stand in the street embracing as Why Not Tonight by Reba McIntyre plays and the credits roll. So I'm not surprised by the artist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This film did surprise me that it ends with a crane shot from a kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, of all I have to ask. So what did you guys think of Tremors? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah I, I'll always love it. <laughs> Didn't even think about yeah. it. It's yeah. just, love it. I love it. Um, I think it's very fun for what it is. I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed talking about it even more. Yeah, yeah me too. Which kind of raised my appreciation for it. Yeah. I really appreciate their like self-aware throwback to these like 50s monster movies. Yeah. yeah. And they just honestly did a good job. And the way that they use their special effects is really admirable. Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't know. Like, I couldn't tell any of the miniature shit at no. all. And I, if they never told me, I would have just assumed, that, okay, that's life-sized. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as shown. But I am, I was very, very surprised pleasantly. Yeah. No, I... I was surprised by how much fun I had with this going in. I'm like, this seems like the type of film that like we had talked about with killer clowns or I'm sure there's been multiple. If you watch creep show even has the same kind of element where if you no. watch this when you were young, this is home. Yeah. But watching it as an adult, it's like, does this hold up? That's really what I was expecting. But I had a great time as an adult watching this yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. and le- learning all the stuff of how they made it work truly makes me appreciate it even more. We talked about commitment to performances (laughs) and just kind of suspending your disbelief that this is just what's happening. Right. We're not going to ask questions. We're not going to dig. No pun intended. We're just, this is what it is. They're giant fucking worms and we got to beat them. (laughs) If you just let yourself be in that moment, you're going to have fun. Right. But I guess that can just take us right into ratings and this is kind of a difficult movie to rate because I mean, <laughs> that's fair. It's a very straightforward story. This shit's happening. We got to get ourselves yeah. out of it. We're trapped in this town. I appreciate, like I said, the commitment that everyone had for this. Mm-hmm. I'm really awed by the effects. Yeah. And just the fact that this is so silly on especially on paper <laughs> yeah. but the fact that they were able to pull it together and i can imagine watching this as a kid and this being the absolute shit oh no yeah mm-hmm. um i had a really good time so i guess we kind of summed it up already i can just say on a scale from one to ten problematic pogo sticks <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give I can't go too high. Again, I don't have nostalgia for this. Right. But I do want to give it its props. I'm going to give Trimmers a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Problematic pogo sticks. This is not a cerebral film. No. Right. That's fair. This is just a fucking good time. Mm-hmm. This is a throw on movie where you can laugh. And I mean, it just, it's fun as fuck. Right. I don't know how else to put it. But uh, 7.5, I will now open up the floor. So I won't mix words. I love the movie. <laughs> um, 
I do have that nostalgia for this. Right. Like I said, anytime it was on TNT or whatever, I'm I'm gonna watch it. Or yeah. it's gonna be on the TV. And I get you know it. What I mean, you flipping through the channels, you know, oh Trevor, leave it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's yeah. watch it. Um so and even that watching it now and seeing like there i i don't even think there's enough to cut from the movie to make a tv version you know what i mean like sometimes they got to cut language or they got to whatever yeah. yeah this is pretty fine you well, know what I, I mean i did read that a lot of the mother humpers and suckers yeah, were yeah. motherfuckers and fuckers well, yeah yeah and which it is was... hilarious to me to think of it smashing through the thing and him being like can you fly you <laughs> fucker yeah like, that's, that's a lot but they were gonna get an r rating <laughs> right. solely on the language right so that's why well, you can tell it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can clearly you tell but <laughs> It's like holy yeah. shit. God damn, a little too but, serious. But here, you know what I mean. As a kid in the '90s, you know what I mean. Yeah, I heard all this shit, and then hearing of it, course, yeah. hearing it on the movie, it's like that's not what you're saying, but it sounds <laughs> sure. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this always takes me back to being a kid, and I really really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Um, hearing like you talk about how they, you know what I mean, how they made the movie and the the effects and like that makes me love it more because yeah. it's like man this is something that like and i think you had said i can't remember if it was on the show or we were just having a conversation about it that you never hear anybody say it's a bad movie no you no. just hear people say yeah i've seen it or i love the movie yeah mm-hmm. but never all oh, that movie sucks Not you know once. what i mean uh and i i really really enjoyed this movie but uh, but you bringing all that and let you know what I mean the production stuff and all that like I that's great you know what I mean that makes me that makes me even happier knowing that this was it wasn't just like a rush job you know what I mean right. I was like we're gonna make this shit killer worms fuck it let's do it you know what I mean and then what you said about Kevin Bacon saying is the only movie that he's made he's watched mm-hmm Fuck it. That's fine. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, that's fine. I'll, I bet I'll this was it. so fun. Yeah. Though. Oh, I bet yeah. it was physically demanding, but uh-huh. it looks like they're having a blast. Yeah. All I've ever seen, everybody they ever interview is looking back on this time so fondly. Aww. Yeah. And the family, the camaraderie. Well, it looks like they're having it fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I bet, too, just working because it's just them. The uh-huh. whole movie. It's just them. Yeah. But for me, and yes, I'll give a little extra because... <laughs> uh, on a scale from one to ten, problematic pogo sticks, I'm gonna give Tremors an eight point five. Wow. I will watch this movie again. I'm sure I'll watch it in the future. I'm sure I'll watch it even further. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I know that this is a movie that if it's on or if I wanna watch something, I'm you know what I mean? I'm never gonna say no. Right. I'll never turn tremors down. <laughs> I won't I won't say anything about the later films. <laughs> but this Let's one be clear. Yeah, yeah. This one is great. I agree with all the positives. I had way more fun with this movie than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um we've already touched on the effects, the creature design as far as positives. I want to yeah. talk about the cinematography. Right. Yeah. Because they use a lot of fun camera work. Yeah. And it reminds me of Evil Dead and I love Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how can I, how can that be wrong? Uh, talked about the miniatures. Right. Which is just so seamless that it, they make it look easy. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. not. No. That's, that's so surprising. It is like nuts. Uh, the writing as well, I will say, and 
for the positives on the writing, they really have followed through with things that they plant early on. Mm-hmm. And that's very appreciated. I love when a film ends where it began. And when a writer like builds these like little circles yeah. to where they yeah. can come back, I just think that's very remarkable. And for, I mean, I don't know if I just really wasn't expecting much, but yeah. to find it in this, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, Tremors. And it's kind of a shame because I look to see what else, <laughs> I look to see what else this pair wrote together. Of course, they did write some of the sequels. Right. They even directed a few of them. They switched off. Oh, wow. Oh, it seemed, right. it was very interesting, but- they would go on to write Wild Wild West. Okay. All right. With your favorite Will Smith. With, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they reached, <laughs> they reached uh, the heights of writing Ghost Dad. <laughs> hey. And so I was what like, what? <laughs> Very interesting filmography here. <laughs> but um, as far as the negatives are concerned, I would, and it's not even really the film's fault. I would love to have that built-in nostalgia, yeah, so much because I think that all the things, like I had said at the intro about it not being necessarily scary enough Mm -hmm. or funny enough for me, I think those would not even be an issue, yeah, because it's like no, that's a childhood favorite, yeah, yeah. I don't care what, like in Creep Show when Ed Harris twists his arm for the, yeah, that's the funniest (laughs) shit in the world. But I can see someone being like, "What the fuck was that?" You know. (laughs) If you it's grew greatness. up with it, <laughs> yeah. it's the funniest thing you've ever forever, seen. Forever, and it's yeah. funny forever. Yeah, but um, the other only other thing that I could think of as a negative would be, I think that they spend time with characterization for a few people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Nestor is there just to die. Yeah. And I think, uh, what's her name? The little girl and her mom? Yeah. Nancy if, and Mindy. If they weren't in the film at all, nothing But then yeah. they don't get a pogo stick thrown at him. Well, anybody could have been <laughs> on yeah. a pogo stick. <laughs> That's the beauty of That's yeah. the beauty of it, yeah. You, now, you can't get off. Right. <laughs> but You're on it forever. Yes. But um, for me, to sum it all up, on a scale from one to ten problematic pogo sticks, I am going to give Tremors seven. Hey! Out okay. of ten. Because I did have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Had a ton of fun talking about it. Mm. It does upset me because I was reading about how, obviously, how many sequels they've done, Mm -hmm. but about a TV series they were trying to do. Yeah. Right. Because I think they did one already, but they were trying to do another one. They even filmed a pilot with Kevin Bacon. Wow. And then it didn't get picked up. Damn. That yeah. sucks. I'm like, you got Bacon back. Yeah, no. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Tremors and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, there is something magical about living freely, but making a plan and sticking to it is perfection. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you guys are perfection. Nah. <laughs> A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Drum M, Jordan Nash, 
Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin on Tavares, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Nicholas Carter, Mariah, Livy Fun, and Mandy M. Thank you all so much. Wow, man. That is a ton. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you, like, hearing all these names, we appreciate you. Yes. My heart is so warm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Turn his mic off. (laughs) I just want, we do appreciate each and every one of you. So just to sum it all up, I want to say that y'all rock. That's where they Mine were straight was <laughs> Getting mad at me. Shut up, T. Mine's just as bad. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>